I've had more shots tonight than Stevie Mays had his whole career. But listen, I came to the club for an opportunity and to play this many games for this club is incredible and hopefully I've got one or two left in me, but to win the cup double last year was But let's get the music going. Let's have a good night and enjoy ourselves. Champions again, ole ole. Champions again, ole ole. Champions again. Champions again. Champions again, ole ole. Welcome back, it's episode 33 of Dogger Saints, an unofficial St. Johnson podcast, and I am joined by a man who, he made Saturday about himself, it should have been all about Liam Craig, but no, no, he didn't like sharing the attention, so he had to spoil his big party, it's Danny Williams. Bow, wow, wow, yippee yo, yippee yay, where my dog's at, nice. bark with me now, you ain't all out of bag of potato chips, Miller. <laughs> So what we were referring to, if you've been living under a rock since Saturday, this is the most important part of the whole episode, I would say. Not Liam Craig breaking the appearance record. He sounded well drunk by that stage in the Cali bar. I sounded like he'd had a good night. He did indeed. Uh, we are referring to, finally, the almighty chicken and chorizo pie who was unleashed at McDermott Park on Saturday. Absolutely <laughs> spike the monkey. Lovely stuff. It wasn't the button I was going for, it was actually this one. But I feel both worked. Yeah, they both worked. It was an interesting day for my Twitter mentions. I've got to give it that. I think I have a phone on charge. So I just sent a text off you saying it's all going off. Lots on Twitter and it was just absolute carnage with the return of the prodigal pie. The chicken and chorizo pie. Had mixed reviews, to be fair. I thought it was bloody delicious. Oh, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Then it forsake. Then it forsake. Forsake me? Forsook me? Forsaked forsaked me. Yeah. Yeah. It has forsaken me the morning after. We won't go into that. I think the best smell sat a bit heavy, but it was um, tremendous. A lovely weekend all round. But before we get started, we're going to have to apologise for the episode being 24 hours later than usual. Don't blame us, blame Mark Zuckerberg. Those Vinkovos twins, they could see what he was up to. Absolute wrong. Oh, nonsense. But basically what happened was we'd agreed to speak to our guest um, on Monday, we were speaking back and forth on Facebook Messenger and all of a sudden at 5pm we couldn't get in touch with them. So we recorded the episode and went back and spoke to him this evening. So, and what a guest he was, Dan. Absolutely tremendous. So today's guest is Graham Gartland. We, we just don't know what we're getting with guests and some of the stories he's got is absolutely incredible. So we've got him coming up later on. We've got Katie from Horsecross coming on later. We've got all our classics features and a wee hint about next week's retro episode it's gonna be mega it's gonna be big time but first we just again with the podcast episode 33 we have to thank the fine fine people you know where from flonix who are flonix you may ask if you're asking by now you have not been listening to the podcast enough because flonix offers flexible it support 
professional IT project delivery and expert IT advice. All your IT needs. You got Windows 95, go see these guys. They'll keep you right. Don't know how to play Minesweeper? They'll probably keep you right as well. Space Cadet 3D. We'll <laughs> get you sorted on that. You'll be getting high scores all over the place. That's a pinball game, wasn't it? That was a pinball game, yeah. Yeah, good. So, Solitaire. Oh, great days. You can't get them back, Sam. You can't get them back. But Dude. for all your IT support, go and speak to Flonix. And we've got to once again thank Dan and everyone at Flonix for their continued support of the podcast. Do you need Flonix? You won't know unless you go to flonix.co.uk. That's F-L-O-N-I-X. I'm not, that's the first thing I've spelled out in a while. That's a bit nostalgic, isn't it? It brings us back to last season. Oh, it takes us back to the to the glory days of um, actually just sitting in your house at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Let's not go back there. But I'll tell you where we can go back to. Saturday afternoon, Saints versus Dundee. And once again, the mighty boys in blue. Well, that could have been any of the pl- the players on either team on Saturday. I've seen George run at 3-1 winners. And this is how it happened. Xander Clark. Out to Sean Rooney, he's off and running. That's a lovely ball, splitting the Dundee defence down that left side. A Halloran in, Chris Kane scores. Great build-up, great finish. St Johnston in front on 31 minutes. It's Kane's first Premiership goal of the season. It doesn't get any brighter for James McPeak and his team. This is Stevie May looking to do more damage Stevie May slips in behind McGee and Chris Kane scores again. All very straightforward for St Johnston. It's poor defensively from Dundee. It's just all happened too easily as far as they're concerned. Lots of bodies in the box. Nobody really affecting the play. And Kane slides in to make his a double. The St Johnston fans milking the moment as their team moves two goals clear against a side who just can't find the back of the net at the moment you feel it's a long way back even at this stage just underway second half Stevie May curled across by Wotherspoon to Rooney Michael O'Halloran has been a constant threat for Dundee and he could be again Stevie May scores 33 seconds after the restart and it's 3-0 St Johnston who have doubled their league total in terms of goals for the season in just over half of this game. Surely Callum Davidson and his team on the way to three premiership points and uh, quite a few Dundee fans don't want to be watching any more of this. McMullen delivers there's Ryan Sweeney and it's a first goal in six games for Dundee but there's no great celebration even though it's Sweeney's first goal for the club it's a crumb of consolation at this stage 3-1 and St Johnston are cruising to all three points pretty conclusive in the end for Callum Davidson's team two goals for Kane, one for May and Sweeney's header, no great consolation for James McPake, who's got lots of thinking to do. A bit of comfortable win as I've seen in a long time. That was an excellent performance. Tremendous, should have been 10. No, it was a particularly first half or certainly the first hour. I thought Saints were impeccable, absolutely impeccable. And I was trying to think, and I've still not quite come to the conclusion, 
mainly because I gave up on the idea. But when was the last time I won a league game by more than two goals? Been a or long... by more than a single goal, I should say. Yeah. By two goals or more. I would need to think back. I'm sure somebody will know. If you do know, let us know. You come and see the boys. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, and some fantastic football on display from Saints to a man. They're excellent out there. Some fantastic goals, particularly the first goal and actually slipped under the radar a bit. The third goal, basically right from kickoff, Stevie May's goal. That was a heck of a bit of football in the build-up. So it was a lovely bit of play in the box from, from Stevie as well. It reminded me an awful lot like the goal he scored against Aberdeen in the his first in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup 2014 where he took one touch away from the defender and hit it kind of across the keeper with his kind of back to goal. It was, it was a great finish. It was, yeah. You're not the first person to uh, to say that to me, actually. And yeah, hopefully it looks like he... I thought he looked sharp. I thought he looked really sharp. Hopefully he's got a little bit of confidence back. Uh, did really well to set up the second goal. Yeah. Great ball across the... Uh, the front of the defenders and Chris Kane was obviously just a light to my very typical Chris Kane goal actually that not something you'd hang in the louvre but it doesn't matter they all count and by that stage there was Dundee fans walking out there was scarves on the pitch it was it was a rare treat all round oh they were they were vexed I don't blame them because they are they're, they're going to need something not just sort of sticking the boot in here but they are going to need something to change dramatically or they are in deep deep shit yeah, they could be in a, a world of bother. They they did not look great at all. They kind of got into it more, but I think Saints had maybe taken their foot off the gas slightly. Yeah, a couple of changes for um, Saints. Actually, thought the changes themselves in their own sort of individual way did really well. Cammy McPherson looked very sharp. I thought he was excellent. Um, the only thing was just, and it happens when you make changes, it probably disrupted the balance of the side a little bit. But we just let him get back into the game, really. Uh, because Effie was tying his shoes, but... <laughs> which is which we'll touch on. We'll, we'll go through the team very, very quickly. Xander didn't have much to do. A, a save which was quite near to him, which he kind of tipped around the post late in the second half. I think I've maybe been a shared in here. I can't remember who it was, but not much to do all weekend. The back three, uh, Rooney, you know what you're getting. He'll bomb forward at every chance. Uh, it was Lars Dendonker, who had a shaky first five, ten minutes. Inevitable. And then got into it, and I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was very good. I'd say, you got to remember, that's his first game of senior football. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, early on, maybe a bit of nerves or maybe just, yeah, you said, there's a couple of heavy touches, but he he was getting in the right positions, but the ball was just sort of bouncing off me a little bit. Not mean that in a horrible way, but, you know, just a little bit heavy on the touch. But once he settled into the game, I thought, defensively, he didn't put, you know, he didn't miss a beat for 90 minutes. No, not at all. And uh, to complete the the three at the back, we've got Effie Ambrose. He's he's done brilliantly. He really has. He had a little Effie moment for their goal. He failed to pick up his man because he was tying his shoes in front of the near post. That was that was an error. Um, <laughs> so being the 4th of October, the month of September has been and gone. Xander Clark won Player of the Month for the month of August. September, is it is a, a runaway lead for Effie Ambrose? Is he our Player of the Month? Is he our top dogger? Can't think of anyone really better. Hardly put a foot wrong. From one, he's been an absolute steal of the season. For a lot of people who thought, "Oh God, here we go," but I think he has not put a foot wrong since he, obviously, apart from the maybe losing the goal. But we were three 0 up. Yeah, I mean, if there's a time to have a little effy moment, it's when you're three 0 up and in absolutely no real danger in the game, absolutely cruising. So, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah, I'd, I'd like to give it him just because I think, perhaps understandably, maybe harshly, there was. 
a few misgivings about the signing, shall we say, and probably took everyone by surprise a little bit. But for his debut at Aberdeen, I thought he was fantastic, really well in the two games against Dundee, and albeit in a losing cause, by and large, had a pretty solid game at Easter Road. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to make Effie the top dogger. Effie Ambrose, your top dogger for the month of September. What a guy, what a guy. We'll get your trophy to you. As St. Johnson have quoted, it's Effie's world and we're all living in it. Exactly that. Need to bring this up here. Go on. See, I say this every week. We saw Eric Nicholson turn to it in his, in his column today in the Courier. It's, there's a lot of options at the back and it's, I'm very, very interested to see what actually goes down with that. What, when everyone's fit and everyone's back, what would you go with as your, your preferred back three? It's it's a great headache to have for Callum. But I think that was, if, I've seen a stat somewhere that that was the first game in about two and a half years that didn't feature any of the regular, like Kerr, Gordon or McCart. So the yeah. fact we had three, we had Rooney, then Donker and Ambrose at the back, at large played excellently well, the three of them. So it's a good headache to have and it's it's an only, only a good thing. I mean, it is. I mean, because I've got a three in my head that I think would be on paper, I'd say our strongest back three when everyone's fit. And that'd be Brown, Gordon and McCart. But how are you leaving Ambrose out for a start? You can't leave out. Obviously, sorry, I missed out the fact that James Brown's injured as well. Um, and O'Halloran played an excellent game as well. So you've got to think about that as well. And Rooney did. Rooney looked pretty good in, in the back. I know he's obviously had a, a bit of a mixed bag when he plays in there, it's fair to say, because it's not his best position. Even on the other side, you've got, I mean, Booth's clearly first choice, but Devine's not looked a bad player when he's coming. you got Dendonka, and just to focus on centre-halves again, Dendonka, as we said, for his professional debut, looked absolutely like he'd been, just strolled it, really. Muller's done pretty well. Ambrose hasn't missed a beat. So, I, I don't know, like you say, it's a good, it's a great headache to have. He's got to try and, the only thing with it is, he's got to try and keep all these players. Probably argue six players, because Rooney's going to be inside somewhere, most likely at right wing-back. But he's got probably six options at centre-half there that he's got to try and keep... Who, He's got to try and keep happy. You've all got a pretty half-decent claim to be inside. Indeed, but let's move to the, the man of the moment. What the day was all about and what a fitting match to take part in. Start, captain, and break the record for the most appearances of 442, Liam Craig. The evervescent Liam Craig, I'm going to say, who covered every blade of grass, got his obligatory booking for, for mouthing off to the ref. Yeah. Brilliant. What a guy. It was it was a real Liam Craig classic, wasn't it? It, it really it, was. He had everything, had all the hallmarks. But now, nah, I mean, we've spoke so much about it in the last couple of weeks with this coming up, and yeah, we just we just we're two absolute Liam Craig fanboys. He's a great lad. He's a, been a wonderful servant for Saints, and marked it on Saturday. Marked a momentous occasion with a very good personal performance, and obviously. A great team win. Yeah, I, you just you sort of think, and we heard him at the start in the intro there, and he's saying, "Oh, Phil, I've got one or two games left left in me." You look at him and you think, if he's managed properly and has a bit of luck with injuries and whatnot, I think he's got more than one or two games left in him. I judging think, by Saturday, yeah, I think he can. Oh, 
played at least 75% of the, the rest of the games for the season. But it's good things to see as well. We've got the likes of Bryson on the bench. He's coming back. Uh, Cammy McPherson looked handy when he came on as well. So things are positive. Good news all round. Good news all round. And another, just to sort of wedge in again, um, speaking of midfield, I thought Crawford, unfortunately, it looked like he hobbled off, but I thought he had a great game. Yeah. But Crawford had a very good game. That obviously it was a bit of a change in shape. It was something he played a little bit last season. In particular, Melamed was in the side. Mm-hmm. He had the two up top and then three across the middle. And yeah, it looks a good. It might be something worth sort of going with with the options available. Obviously, it means unless it probably means Middleton's going to struggle to get in. And unless he plays at fullback, O'Halloran's probably going to struggle again because you're not playing wingers. But I quite liked it. I think so. Like I said, all the goals came from either a goal or an assist from one of the following, either O'Halloran, Kane or May. O'Halloran set up the first for Kane, May set up the second for Kane, and O'Halloran set up the third for May. So that is what you want in a trio. Uh, Middleton, when he came on, pace to burn, should have scored and probably should have probably squared up Kane for his hat trick. Yeah, just, I don't know. I think he got caught in a couple of minds because really he could have just carried on going and had a dig himself. Obviously, he's obviously thinking Chris Kane's on a hat trick. And you only, you have to remember Middleton's only 20 years old. Even 21 yet. Yeah, oh, exactly. And that's why he's that's why he's with us. Because he's there. Once he develops that end product, I hate saying it, once he gets an end product, I really struggle to see how Rangers could keep him out because he's pretty much got everything else yeah. by the age of 20 years old. And his end product's not exactly bad. It's just consistency in... You know, he needs to get it consistently to a sort of level where he would get in that range of side. But he's got everything else. If he doesn't, if he doesn't make it, we we might as well all give up. Exactly right. But a great three-one win for St. Johnson. Uh, I watched the highlights actually on the Saturday evening, and I noticed Shelley Kerr herself was one of the panelists. And I thought, here we go. Is she going to come out with one of our Shelley Kerr sex tips? If you've not heard this before, I just sit and watch sports scene to see if Shelley Kerr says anything dirty like this one. You need length. You need width. And you need depth. <laughs> There you go. You need width, you need length, and you need depth. That's what you need with sex tips with Shelley Kerr. It's a hell of an argument. <laughs> you get difficult to argue with it, but she's got another one. She's came out with another sex tip this week, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get your mind out of the gutter, Shelley. <laughs> you really do. Uh, during sex, Shelley, what do you need? More fluid. More fluid, apparently. <laughs> from Else <laughs> horses. More fluid. There you go. Welcome to the Roy Shelby Brown podcast. Yeah. You need length, you need depth, you need width, and you also need more fluid. So thanks for that, Shelley. Let's move on quickly. Please. So I think it's time to get a guest on, Dan. You know what, Sam? I think you might be right. And today's guest, a player that scored in our first game back in the Premier League, is one of the very few players to play with all three top appearance makers for St. Johnston. He's played with Alan Main, he's played with Steven Anderson. And he's played with new appearance record holder, Liam Craig. What a guy. And he was an absolute delight to speak to. Should we get him on? Ah, an absolute star, Sam. And I think we should get him on. Dogger Saints podcast listeners, we would love to welcome to the podcast, it's Graham Gartland. How you doing, mate? You okay? I'm good. How are you? Oh, absolutely tip top. I'm glad we're, we're kind of finally over this uh, social media outage that kind of hampered our, uh, our, <laughs> our Monday night experience. But we're here now. We're here now. That's the most important thing. Oh yeah, sorry. The last night I was, I was trying to call you back last night. I was thinking, what's going on here? I hope they don't think I wasn't blanking you, but well, I understand it was. Uh, yeah, it was just. 
media blackout, wasn't it? Cost just... well, well, we thought the same thing. We thought, oh, God, he's going to think we've totally pied him here. We're not that big time, honestly, before we can just start yeah. like, ignoring guests and people coming on. But... Ah, yes. You know, he's won a couple like of cups no last year. Won a couple of cups last year. Is it just blanking everybody now? That's you know? it. We're, <laughs> we're Billy big time now. But we, we will get to that, yeah. don't you worry. Um, but we'll start right at the beginning. Um, Irish, but we, well, you actually started over in Scotland with Dundee United. Was that as a youth player? No, what happened was I signed for Barnsley when I was 17. Um, I was one of the ones, I was late to go. So it was 2000s. I, I had a few offers to go to the UK when I was uh, 16. Um, I think Spores had come in to try and sign me. And then I had a few more offers from um, a few clubs when I was younger. So I, I, because I was a left footer, I could play left back, left centre back. And then I started playing a little bit midfield. And around that 16 level, then I had it. I ended up having a, a lot of offers. I decided to sign for Barnsley. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in this, my second season at Barnsley, coming towards the end of my second season, I think the whole uh, the ITV thing had happened where they had pulled out of all the lower leagues. Sure. And we were, Barnsley had been probably pushing to get to the Premiership. So they had spent in excess. So they just released, they just released just a rake load of players and I was one of the ones that fell by the sword now in hindsight I'm looking back and sort of feeling a bit hard done by but I like listen if I was exceptionally good they weren't going to let me go do you know what I mean so it was it was just the case that they just said listen I was on a pro deal at 18 it was a decent contract because of all the stuff that happened where I turned people down so he just sort of said, "Listen, we need to cut our losses here," and and that was it. Then he just he just decided to let me go, and um, I was I ended up at Dundee United. Uh, just uh, just uh, so a funny story. There was a scout that was uh, came down, brought a kid down to sell from Celtic to train at Barnsley, and he stayed in my digs. And I I went in and had a cup of tea with him and said, "Hello, how's things? How's it going?" He came to watch a game. Uh, and then he recommended me to Dundee United that I went up and I signed for them. So I had a year there and then again it was just I my first my first three seasons in England and Scotland, I had six managers. <laughs> so it was just madness, like it was just it was one manager would like you, the next manager didn't, the, the other manager might, but I always seemed to be the the last manager didn't like me and that's why I was out the door then. And I ended up going back to, I went back to Ireland. So, uh, yeah, it was an eventful three years, I'd say, yeah. Indeed it was, but you had a, you had a sorry. rare, your, sorry, Dan, sorry to interrupt. Sorry, Sam, yeah, sorry, lads, just to come in on that, Graham, um, I was just on that part of your career, sort of the very, sort of early part of your career. Obviously, you were a youth player at um, Home Farm. Yeah, that's right, I yeah. Mean, that must have been, I mean, for sort of listeners that maybe aren't, Sort of two or three. That's basically like a breeding ground, breeding ground for Ireland internationals. Yeah, it was at the time. I I was a really late developer, so I I, I got to about fifteen and sixteen, and and a lot of clubs started coming in. The, the like the likes of Home Farm were coming in and showing interest in signing me. Um, and I eventually went to Home Farm, and I loved it. It was a, such a good club, really well run. The facilities were okay at the time. 
but it was just like you said that the, the players that had gone before me were were off the charts. They were all like Richard Dawn had just left the club probably three years previously, so they just Gary Kelly, the likes of these players, Ronnie Whelan, lads who have gone. There's an international board that sits in the clubhouse that would list all the full international that had played for the for home firm, and it was just it was off the chart. So. Um, such a such a really good club to play for. And the DDSL in Ireland at the time so competitive. Like it was, it was like because we didn't we don't have like uh, like the clubs that they have over there where it'd be like St Johnson's U uh, team or it was these were all just teams from suburbs in Dublin. There was twenty teams in the league, and it was basically competitive from the start. It was like go go and just compete so it just gave you just such a a competitive edge when when I first went to the UK they like they thought I was mad they thought I was just what's wrong with you like and I was like well it's again like we have to we have to win don't we like and they're like yeah but relax like and I was like I don't, I don't know how like because, yeah because you had all like again playing in Dublin you had all these competitive games that were just ridiculously like crowds on the side of the pitch like pardons <laughs> and they'd be giving you abuse and there was there was no PC back then it was just and it was great but looking back it probably was a little bit much and a bit extreme but it was that's that's the way it was it was just but Home Farm was a really really good club and I I, I fond memories of it and it, it gave you a good ground and going away then because like you said, people knew. I know he played for Home Farm, and they knew that you that was a good schoolboy club and a great nursery in in Ireland. Brilliant. Um, then you're obviously with Drogheda as well. I had a great, great old time with them. Then, but we'll, we'll come. It's a St. Johnson podcast. I suppose we better talk about your time with Saints. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a good place to start. Um, Derek McInnes, did you? Was there much? Was, was there interest from other clubs in Scotland, or was it just Saints? How did the the whole thing come about? I, I, listen, I'm, I probably think St. Johnson fans are going to struggle to to really sort of believe this, but because I, I you probably didn't get to see anywhere near of what I was. But mm-hmm. I, Derek came over to watch me play in a game, and the club had the club had just announced that it was going into administration. Mm-hmm. So they had they had been asking was I available before that, and I was under contract at a year left. So Doc, uh, Tony Doherty, yeah. who was my youth team coach at Dundee United, was on going, would you be interested in coming, Graham? I says, listen, I'm under contract. To, you know, if, if something happens, you, you might have to pay a fee. And then the club went into administration and they rang me. And I went over and visited and I had a look around. And I, Derek came over to watch a match and I met him afterwards and had a chat about where he sees the club going and what he'd look for me at the time. Now, at the time, he was wearing top of the league. He was struggling defensively. Mm-hmm. And he was like, listen, I'd really want you to come and, and play. You're going to be one of our main centre-backs. Da, 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 da. Hamilton then came in and wanted to sign me. And Hamilton were in the Premier Division. Um, I then went and visited Leicester and uh, Ipswich. Okay. So Ipswich offered me a contract and then I was due to sign for Ipswich and then they pulled out a deal because 
basically they weren't going to keep Magilton on. Yeah. So Magilton, Jim Magilton had offered me a contract. I'd, I'd agreed everything with him. Was due to sign for them, and then he was told he wasn't allowed to sign any more players. And a couple of months, I think three months later, he was sacked. So I had all them, and then I went to Leicester just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Leicester asked me would I come back in January, uh, and because I could play, I was officially a free agent in January, and they wanted me to play in a in a friendly that they were going to organise, and then they were going to have make a decision after that. So they were saying, listen. It was Nigel Pearson. We really like you. You've got a really good reputation. Everyone we spoke to, we feel you're on the up. Would would you come back in January? Me being probably myself, I had said, listen, I promised I'd give Derek an answer by January 1st. I had told him, I'm going to see what, I can't sign for you to January. And if nothing else comes up, I'll sign for you on January. So, I turned down going back to Leicester and then as I was in the airport on the way over to sign for St. Johnson, Billy Reid rang me and said, listen, Graham, what are you getting at St. Johnson? I told him. He said, listen, I'd, I'll double it if you want to come here. Wow. Um, and I just was, no, I said, I'm after giving me word to Derek that I'd sign. Um, and, and that's what I'd done. I, I, I ended up signing for St. Johnson. Um, and then two weeks in, two weeks into signing for St. Johnson, injured. Kevin Moon landed on my knee, and I done my medial. And that was, and then I was about, it was two, about five or six weeks, wasn't it? Like seven weeks before you even played your first game. And it was about maybe six or yeah, seven games before the end of the season. It was strange. It was just like I and I come in and I felt really good because I've been fresh and I've been working really hard and like there was a bit of a I thought right and. The lads would say, like, I came in, I wasn't shy. And it wasn't that, like, I, I was talking, I was actually talking to my wife about this the other day, where people go, oh, you're not shy. Oh, what? Like, Liam Craig always was, makes a joke, goes, who's this guy? Like, and, like, why does he, why is he acting like he's been here for a year? Like, when I first <laughs> walked in. And uh, he says, like, you weren't shy. And I was like, I hadn't been in a team environment for two months. I was just giddy to play football. Like, it was just, just buzzing I just to be, wanted yeah. to train. Yeah, I just wanted to train, and then I got injured and didn't play. And then I got back in. It was a mad. It was a strange one how I got back in actually, because I think Stephen or Calf got injured in a before the start of the game. Like literally, I was out. I was in watching the game, having a cup of tea <laughs> in the in the players' room, and they came in. They went, Calf's injured. You're gonna have to. So I went from not being in the squad to starting. That was. Uh, then, uh, was that Morton? Morton away. No, it was Dunfermline. Okay. No, I played and I came back and Derek had put me into a few games and and it kept me in and and then he wanted to. He said, "Listen, I brought you into play. I want to play. I feel like you know I, I should." I came. I got it. I was out of squad then for a couple of games, and then uh, he just put me back Dunfermline on a midweek game. I played. On a Tuesday night, and then, yeah, I I came in and played in that one. But the next night, I think myself and Jody and Gaz Irvin were due to go down to Anfield to watch Chelsea Liverpool in the Champions League. Okay, I remember that one. And uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, I crashed the car. <laughs> I crashed the car on the way down and was uh, was cut was cut out of the car. Yeah, Shit. and then. On the tours, they arrived into training and they were like, you all right to train? 
And I was like, yeah, I'm Grant. But I was still in a bit of shock. Like. <laughs> Do you win uh, imagine? And then we played Dunfermline on the Saturday. Uh, we won 2-1. Uh, Gary Irvin scored a cracker, a wonderful chip. Um, Martin Hardy scored the force one. I gave away a penalty in the game. <laughs> But like I was that the car with the injury and then the car crash, the car crash knocked me hip out of place, and I ended up being on injections then while I was trying to play. And then, uh, yeah, it was a real and different start. We won the league, and we were really happy to be a part of it, and it was great. But I didn't feel involved. Um, I met Tony Doherty. We were walking out of the car park afterwards, and Doc came over and said, "Listen, Graham." I have a lot of time for Doc. He said, listen, Graham, I know you've had a tough time since you come over and I've been big on bringing you over. Here's a medal, like, that's mine. And I said, Doc, I don't, I don't want your medal. Like, I said, you've done more there than that than I have. I said, but the gesture meant more to me than actually the medal would have. Like, I said, that's listen, a, I don't nice, want that. That's a nice touch. Yeah, it was like, Doc, I still talk to Doc regularly, like, you know, and uh, I have a few Barneys with him, but he, he was <laughs> underneath it all. I knew, like, you know, I had a good relationship with my times. Um, and then I wasn't going to come back. I was just thought, it's just bad luck. Scotland's just bad luck for me. And uh, that weekend, I met my wife. Uh, we, were out for the P- we were out for the Scottish uh, writer, or the, the, the awards mm-hmm. in Glasgow. And uh, I met my wife. And then I took her out for dinner the following week. And then I got offered a year contract and I just said, you know what? I spoke to my dad and he just said, just have a go at it and see what happens. And then a spate of injuries happened in the preseason. And I was I came back fit and strong and was able to play all the games. And before you know it, I was I played the first 16, 17 games in the SPL. You did indeed. So, uh, and the very first game, actually, before we get to the first game of the season, and a player you, you mentioned two or three times there, um, Gary Irvin. Now, I worked at McDermott basically on match days in the bar and sometimes you'd go down to the dugout and stuff and in the, one of the training rooms there was a, a yellow vest and it basically, all it had written on it was absolute dog's abuse for Gary Irvin, calling him an Owen Wilson lookalike prick. You name it. <laughs> <laughs> you name it. What, was that just basically for worst trainer and was every week, was it just him just because it wound him up? What was the script with that? I thought, in fairness, Gaz was like the... When I first came, I thought Gaz was brilliant. Like, but we just had, you, you, we used to do young v old on a sat on a Friday, young middle old, and then you do what we, we used to call funny sprints, where if you finished last, you'd have to sing. Then it was like worst trainer from the group that lost. So we probably would have just kept getting that. <laughs> that that can be the only thing that I can imagine. But like he would have been in the middle group. That would have been a difficult one for him. But <laughs> yeah, we just stuck up brought in. But Gaz, I think Gaz left the following year, like, and he went from being, he was probably our best player, one of our best players in the in when we won the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we signed Cup Toy, we signed Dave McCoy, and he after the first game, I think uh, the second game, Gaz might have played ahead of him in Parkhead. We played two right backs. Um, but after that, then uh, Cup Toy played, and he, and in fairness, it was hard for for Gaz to get back in and displace him. Then so, but uh, I got to be honest, like we had a reunion there about two or three years ago where we all went out in Glasgow, and it was such a such a good night. Like I, we had played Hibs, I was with Dundee at the time as a coach, and we played Hibs, and I went up, and it was just such a good such a good night out. Like just 
really good group of lads. Like that's that's the best thing you can like. Really good group. That's it. Um, that's what I was going to touch on. Um, the secret to their success. You're one of the very few players to play with the top three highest appearance um, players of all time. Alan Main, you you played with. You played with Liam Craig, who broke the record this weekend. Stephen Anderson. Uh, Midgey Miller's been there 10 plus years. Murray Davidson's been 10 plus years. You played with pros like Dubes, Jody, um, Enkelman, all these guys. That's got to help having a, a good bond. Liam Craig, there's another one, obviously, who's like all been with the club for so long. It's That's got to bode well when you've got a group of boys that have been there that long. That That's why, like, see, like, and I give Derek a lot of credit for this, like, Derek, Derek signed a lot of good characters, like as well as good players. Mm-hmm. It was probably it was probably the good thing about him. So when Steve Lomas came in, like I thought Steve Lomas was at times fucking mad. Like just the, some of this random stuff he came out with. I used to be like, "Where's this going?" And I, and I, and I give Tommy a lot of credit here. And I, like I, I've had fucking barnies with Tommy since, mm-hmm. which is which I found strange, but. Tommy was like Steve's, Steve Lomas's calm and influence on things where Steve would come in and just fucking spout fucking mad stuff. And then Tommy would come in and make sense of it all and say, like, this is what we've done well. This is what, this is how we can hurt teams or whatever. And he was, it was good like that. But the simple fact was that whenever, whenever that group was going through a bad patch or didn't get a run of results, we, we sort of came together. You know, it yeah. was, it was strange. Even, I remember the second year, oh, near the end of the second year, I wasn't playing at this stage. Defensively, we were really solid, but we just couldn't score. But we just sort of stuck together. It was it was, it was weird. And we scored. It was against Hibbs, actually. Me and Liam always joke about this. We hadn't scored in so many games. And then we, we scored in the game, but it was an own goal. And we didn't know who to celebrate with. We were like, what we do? Like, it's been that long since we scored a goal. And we were just running around in circles, like, oh, what we do, like, and then we, uh, we just, we were drawing low so many games and it was really tough and we were getting a lot of stick because we weren't good on the eye. And the following year we signed France and Dazit and then the goals started flowing, but defensively we were still solid and that helped. But we went to the Hibs then, we were 1-0 down and Liam scored the winning goal, a header at the back post. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture of me and him celebrating over the Horden and, it has something like the win and feeling behind it. It's an advertisement, like so. Nice. Uh, that was a good moment because I, me and Liam would have travelled together a lot, and I'd, I'd, I'd have a lot of time for Liam. Like me and Liam would still talk. I was only talking to him the other day. Uh, lived round. I lived round the corner from him when we lived in Sterling. So that was my car crew when I was in my last two years. At, I mean, last year and a half at St Johnson was me, Liam, and Callum Davidson. Nice. So it was, it was really good. Like, yeah. So just as I was leaving, I went for something to eat with Liam. Oh, wait. Callum, myself and my wife went to his house with him and his wife for a meal, probably a month before I left because me and Carl were injured together for a good while. So we would have been in on the eight o'clock shift, me and him and stuff. So I always sort of had a good relationship with Callum as well. And to be honest, I tried to just make sure I had a good relationship with everybody there. I wasn't there. Uh, I probably wasn't, I didn't play as much as I want or I didn't play as well as I would have liked or that I wanted to play. Uh, there was times I let the, the team down at certain times as well where I wasn't at my best. But I I never sulked in training. If, like, if I wasn't picked, it wasn't 
the player's fault who was playing ahead of me that he was picked and I wasn't. I never took her out on the squad. That That's the way I just tried to do my business. But Derek, Derek deserves a lot of credit for picking them players with, with that that type of longevity and that type of characters. And it's no coincidence that the club has been successful off the back of that. Yeah, he was definitely on the, the start of the upward trajectory for the team. Um, having a meal with Callum that night, was no, no talk of, I think, Callum, you and... 10 years time you're going to be the manager and you're going to lead Saints on to a cup double did he have that kind of character <laughs> about him where he was he looked like he could be the guy to to do I as think, well he did? yeah to be honest with you Callum being around Callum he, he's sort of quietly ambitious you know mm-hmm. he's never not succeeded or anything in his life the man it's it's strange like because everybody knows like he what he's like at golf you know, I used to play tennis the odd time room and I just collect the balls. Like, you know, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> like, so that's like he was, he's never not succeed. Everything, now he might say from the outside, it looks like I've succeeded. There's been a lot of up and downs in that because I know he's had a lot of injuries himself. So I understand that process that he's gone through. But mm. he, he, I, I think secretly he had ambitions that he wanted to stay in football and be a coach that he could offer more and, and that he could bring something. And, and to be honest with you, like, a, again, it might mean a lot to him, but I, I text him after he won both cups and said, listen, well done, congratulations. Because when 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 Tommy was fighting, I would, when Tommy and Neil were fighting, or, I was get, or Tommy would try and fight with me, I, me and Callum used to always speak. And I always kept that relationship with, with everybody else at the club. And that's why the stuff where Tommy was coming at me I was like listen that's not me look I'm not mm-hmm. getting involved I don't want to fight you I, I had a good I had a good three years at St. Johnson I'm not I don't want to fall out with anybody at the club like so I don't know where this is coming from but I obviously had to stand my ground as well so yeah uh, but no it, Callum um, it doesn't surprise me that Callum's gone on to do what he's doing no not at all back to that point we'll, we'll touch on it very very briefly is, is Xander Clark and Neil McCann made up I don't know like uh, Here's another one, because I actually said to Xander, now, Xander's story is mad, because Xander was signed a six-month contract, and I would have played, when I first came in, Xander played a lot mm-hmm. in the in bounce games and stuff, and I was playing in them. And then there was games when I was coming back from injury, I played a lot with Xander, and I got on really well with him. And I tried to be good to the youth team, and go in and talk to them, and, and chat with them, not like, but, and I got on well with Xander, and I was the one saying to Xander, what are you doing, like? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I went, Xander, that's a manager, like, don't do that, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was, he's like, I went, don't, like, we'll do that. That's us now, that's staff. Don't, like, you know? Mm-hmm. But, I'm, listen, Neil's probably met him since and said hello to him and, and, and it's grand. These things happen in football. Like, I, like, the amount of times I fell out with people on a football pitch and then you end up just meeting them and saying hello and rolling your eyes as if, oh, that got away from me. Like, I used to, I rode with, I rode with Derek when I was playing against Aberdeen and I was like, you know what I mean? And I, like again, I still speak to Derek and Doc now, so it's just the way it goes, isn't it? It's just you're, you're fighting for your team, and what what makes you fight for one team is what you've done when you were with that team as well. Like you know, of course. Um, we'll finish up with the very final point, <laughs> Graham. Now, on episode four or five of the Dogger Saints <laughs> podcast, you know this is what listeners we we've kind of preempted them to where this might be going. Um, all we were told to ask you is about, well, you're, you, you mentioned your wife earlier and um, you went to Florida with her 
and no, no, is this not true? Oh, Mexico. Was it Mexico? Right, okay, not Florida, but uh, you swam with dolphins, which is nice, a nice thing to do. And you, pro- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you pr- and you proposed, so congratulations <laughs> to you there. Yeah, um, still going. Good, and you can. Stills was at me wedding. What's that, sorry? Michael Dubry came to me wedding. Paul Sheeran was over as well. The whole of St. Johnson was meant to come, and the game got moved oh. to a Sunday. And there, or something happened where the game got switched and they couldn't make it. So, like, a load of them were meant to come and it was just a shame, like, you know. Yeah. But go on, I know where this is going. So, you got back to the club and you told them about this, the circumstances surrounding your, your engagement there. Do you want to take up the story then, Graham? See where this is going? <laughs> so, it, I had said that, because like, the, the lads had known I had met Hannah and she came... I'm one of the end of season things and then I came back and they're like, how's it going? I said, oh yeah, we're going away. I'm going to propose. What are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. And we're talking about it in the dressing room. I said, like, do you think I could get a dolphin to blow a ring out? You know, and we're having this conversation. The lads are like, yeah, go for it. That'd be a great idea. All laughing, sniggering and all. Yeah. Got shit. Right. So, uh, <laughs> we were on, I was on giving doob stick about something from the Monday. I was like, hammering him about something, his gold tooth or his feet or something and just really hammering him going and I'm like, and then I start going into Jody, like Jody, sort your mate out, you know, he was a, meant to be fucking big time, he hasn't, he's brought nothing to this group, you know, like, <laughs> so he hadn't brought, like, so he was joking, so match day, we arrived in on match day, we were playing somebody and there's a big box in the middle of the room, so we're like, fuck is that and they're like Graham Gartland I'm like what the fuck is that like you know so <laughs> so we've we've gone we'll all open it like and as you open it all you the, all the the group things the Blackberry group things who hasn't who hasn't got fucking banter don't ever come at me again like this right and with that the, the dolphin pops out of the box in the middle of the thing so it's a big dolphin balloon <laughs> That's floating around the dressing room, right? <laughs> so Dooms has sent it to me. So sent it to the club, right? And then <laughs> something happens at the at half time. So Dell's come in, the, the gaffer's come in, and he's going fucking mad, like, and he's sort of losing the plot, having a go, get the finger out, you gotta do this. And the uh, he says every time he turned around, he was talking about her after the game, because I think we went on and got resulted. So he's after the game, he's like. And that fucking dolphin balloon. Who owns the fucking dolphin balloon? Like <laughs> fucking bobbing around on his thought at half time. <laughs> and we're all trying not to laugh, like so. And that and Dios is just like, uh, it was just funny. It was just because uh, I've been hammering him all week, and he, uh, he hadn't brought Anton, and I was giving him stick for not like fucking joke, like you know, you're meant to be you. You, uh, you talk about you and your groups and all this shit. It was giving him stick, but I uh, brought. Um, but then I caught him out. I got him back. So, <laughs> so one night we went out for a boxing deal. It was me, Jody, uh, Dubs, and Pizzo. So we went to watch a show. I think it was one of the Bournes fights on in Glasgow. Okay. So we went down to watch it, and uh, Barry McGuigan was in. And I, I was a big Barry McGuigan fan. I fucking did Barry McGuigan going over. So I went over, and we all got pictures and delighted. Like, and, and Barry McGuigan got, we all got pictures of me and Barry McGuigan, and Dubs got in a picture with Barry McGuigan. And uh, so he was joking, going, ah, oh. so about Barry McGuigan released his autobiography. And I had sent Dubs a message 
on Twitter. All right, sent him a private message going, listen, dupes, you need to go out and get McGuigan's book. There's a picture of you and McGuigan in his book. Like, he's gone, he's, he's mentioned you, like, of all the people he's met and all the famous people, like, you know, tweeting, like, tell him thanks. And, like, and I and I, I sent him the picture I had on my phone of him and dupes going, this is the picture, he's put it in the book, like, you know? And dupes was like, oh, nice one, Gareth, yeah. So dupes <laughs> tweets McGuigan. <laughs> Oh, congratulations on the book. Appreciate the shout out. Great media and all. Thanks for having me in your book. And he's put up the picture saying, like, publicly, thanks and all. Thanks for putting me in your book. Not <laughs> so mention like, oh, oh, not the dicky of him in it, like, you know. So I'm sending it to all the lads going, Doobs thinks he's in the book, like, you know. <laughs> and he's gone out publicly thanking him, like, Oh, he fucking Brilliant. rang me like, oh, he's like, you fucking, you fucking dick. I was like, and he, oh, he's like, remember the dolphin? Remember your fucking dolphin? Yeah. So, um, there was always a time you were going to get him back. And on. Oh, it was, it was brilliant, honestly. It was such a, again, just fucking good lads. Like, you know, just really good group. It is. Um, you were a part of that group. Like I said, you even scored in the first game of the season back. So you're, you're part of the history with the team. We really appreciate you coming on today. Please, any time you want to come back on. Any time. It's a pleasure. Brilliant. You're an absolute... Great times. What's nice next? one, Graham. Graham, appreciate that, mate. Thanks again, buddy. Take care. Pleasure, lads. All the best, Thanks, okay? man. Talk Cheers, mate. I am see you, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Flonix offers flexible IT support, professional IT project delivery, and expert IT advice. Our head office is based in Perth, but with offices in Edinburgh, Manchester and London, we service most areas within the UK. We can support any size of company and we excel in delivering fast, reliable and accountable service to our clients. We take a flexible approach to IT, which is determined by our clients' business needs. We can operate as the client's IT department or add to an existing IT resource within the company. Our people are highly trained professionals who have the expertise to access, repair and maintain any PC, server, network or Apple Mac system. Check out flonix.co.uk for all the details. We just don't know what we're getting with guests. Hey, what, what a guy. Oh, he was tremendous. That is one of my absolute favourite. Actually, last two weeks, and as we always say, I love all the guests we have on. But I've not really known, certainly the last two weeks, I've not known really what to expect. Um, they've just been just absolutely brilliant again. Yeah, the, the fact they've got time to speak to us as well, which is great. We're so appreciative of every single person that comes on. Graham Garland is absolutely no exception. Hope you enjoyed it. We should have probably put a wee disclaimer about the amount of swearies he threw out there. <laughs> I thought it was proportionate because he was the, I think he's the only man we've had on the podcast who likes an F-bomb more than me. Exactly right. So yes, um, we really appreciate Graham Gartland coming on. Hope you all enjoyed that. But I think it's time to move on to one of our features. Sam, you know I like a feature, so I'm going to agree with you. Here we go. Alphabet. Alphabet. There. Alphabet. Alphabet. It's everybody's favourite A to Z compendium of St. Johnston bits and pieces. I could have could have worded that better, but we'll go with that. You said bits and pieces, so I had to sing bits and pieces. I was wondering where you're going with that, but we'll move on. So the letter this week is the letter J. 
A popular name in Perth. You've got St. Johnston, got Genefield, and congratulations to them for their 3-0 win in, against Inverary Locos in the Scottish Cup a couple of weeks ago. Away trip to Annan for them, so good luck to Genefield. We could have just gone with the letter J itself, as you we kind of talked about off air, Soccer M kind of did that to death. But I've got a list of suggestions here, which some of them are bordering on ridiculous, but we'll, we'll go with them. See what you think, Dan. <laughs> What's new? Well, there we go. We have got Jordan Tate, a name that many people would have forgotten about, a John Connolly signing. Pretty garbage, but I did find him on Facebook just in case we we're running really short of guests, so let's not slag him off too much. Um, we've got well, we've got one Haddie in the alphabet now. We've got Peter Fear, so no Jordan maybe, maybe later on. Yeah, Jordan Tate is not the name to to go with on this one. John Ingalls short shorts, not the man. His tiny shorts. Who loves short shorts? John Ingalls loves short shorts. <laughs> Jason Scotland, that'd be worthwhile. Uh, a St. Johnson player who played at the World Cup. He wasn't far away from being our final decision. Jason Kerr, double cut winning captain. You couldn't leave him out of the short list. He's beating him some. Well, I'll tell you, it's not Jody Morris either, who'd be another good one. If you're going to score lots of goals, you're probably going to make the list weak. And if you've got a mascot named after you as well, and you're a giant beagle, John Brogan. John Brogan is the man we are going with. 140 goals for the club in 285 games and a bargain for £7,000. That's a good return. Good investment. It's not It's not a bad return at all, is it? And, yeah, I mean, there's only one way we could go with this. Club record goal scorer, strike rate of just a tickle over every two games. And he's got a big dog named after him. What more can you say? I'm sure that was his, his proudest moment, but uh, a number of goals which are still untouched for... Musk will be going on about 40 years now. Exactly. I mean, it's a record. It's not just one of these records that sort of flits about. And it's a record that stood the test of time. And, you know, I do hope he doesn't have it forever because records are there to be broken. I remember you want to sort of know the esteem John Brogan's sort of held in, not just by the fans, obviously, and in the great sort of pantheon of the club. I remember watching a, um, a BT Sport Friday night when it was all over Zoom and all that. It was Ali McCoy's. And he prattled on for about five minutes about John Brogan. I mean, this is all because he didn't have a bad goal record himself, yeah. either at Saints or in his career. He did okay. He did okay. And he was, you just didn't talk about, talking about John Brogan and the time, you know, sort of he was at the club with him. The man's a legend. We've only got two fan favourites. We've got George O'Boyles on there and we've got John Brogan. We've got Peter Fear, but he's there to represent terrible signings over the years, basically. Yeah, we have got a sort of, you know, that's a Jordan Tate thing. We have got to watch it with Haddies that have played for the club because we've already got one and we're going to need someone for Zed, which is going to be Bobby's Lamal. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to just load the list with Haddies. Xander Clark. Oh, shit, yeah. Now, disregard, disregard. <laughs> come at me with all your Haddies. <laughs> all the Haddies. But that is our alpha getter this week. K, who knows where we're going to go with that? We'll let you decide. But... There is going to be an end game to this, to what we're going to do with all these facts and figures. We've thought about what we're going to do with it, and we'll come to you in the near future about what we're thinking of doing with our A to Z compendium when 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 it's completed. Fair warning. It is, without a doubt, the most elaborate thing we've sort of thought up with this podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Every now and again, I'll wake up at four in the morning, and Dan will wake up to four or five WhatsApp messages when I... It's kind of like Alan Partridge with his little kind of dictaphone. It's like, idea for, <laughs> idea for the podcast. Monkey tennis. But you always come up with good stuff. Like, I wake up to good stuff. You like occasionally get a text from me in the middle of the day saying, I thought of a song, the St. Johnston Mambo. <laughs> yeah, that would that like, would be ridiculous, the... like utterly ridiculous stuff. Yeah. So for the brief of some moments we thought about writing a cup final song, that was ridiculous. And it was a terrible I started, song. I started writing it and it's still in the opening two verses still there in the notes on my phone. 
Nice. It was, but I, maybe if we get to the, the cup final this season, I think we should definitely move forward with it. But that'll forget there. We're moving on to the letter K. We will put it on Facebook or Twitter or both. And you can let us know what you think the letter K should represent in the St. Johnston A to Z. Kelly Pie. That'd be a good one for Kelly. Yeah, well, that would work, that'd work if it was the dog of Kilmarnock pod, wouldn't it? Um, Kenny Ed. A very good play. That's a, that's a sensible suggestion. They like a Kelly Pie, but no we chicken. can't go away. We can't, we can't get one this season anyway because they got relegated. Lol. Lols. Theme team time, and once again, you have come in all guns blazing with some absolute peaches. Millions of peaches. Peaches for me. Not my words, Sam. <laughs> the presidents of the United States. A 90s one-hit wonder. They had another one called Lump, if you remember. That was a good song. Don't remember it. They're a one-hit wonder to me. Good. Anyway, the theme was the 90s. We asked you to give us your 90s nostalgia, celebs, TV shows a lot, and you have not not disappointed in the slightest i've written down some of them sorry if i don't get around yours honestly i love them all they're all absolute belters will we start at the top yeah let's go for it i'm excited by this some stuart m came up with disc manis brilliant uh neil and alex both came up with crystal mazel <laughs> that's good can't argue with it alex on the same turn also came up with tickle me el momo Silla. oh sh- that is well good <laughs> and alan scat manis <laughs> <laughs> Possibly my favourite, Andrew K. Medi a Beedle's about. <laughs> We're a, not getting on a Beedle again. In the small, creepy hand. Also a dead celebrity. <laughs> we managed to get through the last couple of episodes without mentioning any dead celebrities. We did? Yeah, but it just came back to you. I don't know if a Beedle counts because we mentioned him before. Yeah, that's true. We need a new dead celebrity. Let's move on from this murky waters that we're in here. Dylan came out up with Fraser Wright. It's simple. It's ace. Also as good as Gary's one, Chris Haywatch. Oh, that is well good. Stuart Taylor, Don McVicker of Dibley. <laughs> That's excellent. excellent. Now, this one has three in it. So Martin Weir, we have got A2 Pack featuring Dr. Dre Wright with California Lovencrans. It's <laughs> going to be tough to beat that. <laughs> three of them in there. So A2 Pack featuring Dr. Dre Wright, California Lovencrans. Three of them in there. That's good. Very good. Well done, Martin. Also, uh, um, that... That's the first mention of uh, it's overtaining. Martin's mentioning more than the stadium announcer has of like. That's true. We'll get to that at some point. We've got another A2 one I'm pretty sure I wrote down, which we'll go to straight now because we're talking about them. Uh, where did I write it down? It was, oh yeah, Care, Blink 1A2. That's very, very good. <laughs> it is. Very good. Our New York friend Nikki came up with the Ice Factory shirt. Tremendous. Great. Joss, our second favourite Joss. Go on, do your line. Ah, uh, Joss Butler, the universe, Joss. Indeed. Kevin Thomas, the tank engine. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually put up a photo, which was great. So that, that one could ask, kudos for that. And also, <laughs> I actually saw that photo on Twitter. Yeah, it was nice. Had, had, had a good cackle at that. Indeed. And Ali Mc... I can't even read this one. Ali Mechanomaniacs. It's excellent. Oh, I see a tough competition this week. Never let us down. Uh, Craigie came up with we've got loads he, he came up with three all of them were belters Chris Hey Arnold remember Hey Arnold I do I do remember he had that rugby ball remember football head 
The funny, see, that's the second Hey, we had Hey Watch, and then we've got Hey Arnold. So Chris Hayes never came up before in any of our previous ones. It's the power of the 90s, mate. Yeah. Chris Hey Arnold, you also came up with Rocco's Modern Life. That was another good cartoon forgotten about. That is a very forgotten cartoon. That was good. And uh, Fraser Right Said Fred. I think we've had that before in our, our music one, but again, 90s. Yeah, they're a pair of wrong goods, to be honest with you. So let's move on from that. Oh, yeah, the anti-vaxxers, aren't they? We'll move swiftly along. We'll go to Teddy, our good friend Teddy Lukage on Twitter. <laughs> Teddy! And he's came back with another cracker. And a dead celebrity we've not talked about before. <laughs> <laughs> not, really, not really worthy of a celebration, I feel, because uh, she was uh, the nation's sweetheart. We've got Momo Silla Black. Oh, that was silly. I know. Oh, Tarachuk. Uh, Darren came up with cane spotting. Very good. Very good indeed. And we've also got All Things St. Johnson came in with. Yeah, they had a massive list from them, but I picked out my favourite one, which was Cotton Eye Joe Shaughnessy. <laughs> that was excellent. Uh, and Big Tall Paul, forever the bridesmaid, never the bride. He's been a finalist, <laughs> I think, every single week since the beginning. And he sent in some crackers, including Tony Blair Alston. My favourite out of the lot was Yuri Kaka Callum Davidson. Oh, come on. I really hope people get that reference. We're gunning for you. That's from Shooting Stars, 90s TV show. Very good. And Rave Mackay. He, he can't fall short this week. Right, I think we should just put all three of his things in the final next to someone, something that's really, really rubbish. I bet he'll still lose. <laughs> still lose. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what's this? He's the sort of theme team equivalent of Jimmy White. <laughs> I was, I was wondering, like, I was wondering yeah, which right. Jimmy you were going with there. Thank God it was White. <laughs> no, you go with Jimmy. All right, you've got to play Stephen Hendry in four finals, but then you make a colossal anus of it against John Parrott. Yeah, but... Congratulations to everybody that's in an entry. There's loads. They were all brilliant. So we all put our finalists on Facebook. Next week's theme, Dan. We started with the 90s. We're going back to the 80s. <laughs> Why shouldn't we? Because it's not as good as the 90s. Yeah, we started with the 90s. We, we, You've got to go with a strong suit. We do indeed. Have, have you got any examples for them? I've got one. Oh, God. Right, go for it. Sergei Baltachaha. That is more than acceptable. More than acceptable. We'll give you that. I've gone uh, for Visage's classic 80s new romance classic, Fade to Hay. Another Chris Hay reference. Oh. How many can we get in one day? Did you try to get Chris Hale? I think so. I'd like Chris Hale. And uh, also I've gone for Ginger Prince in honour of Liam Craig. Very good. We're changing the format slightly this week. So we're not going to be announcing it on Twitter. We're not, we usually put it up, then you get all your suggestions on that. We want you to send them to us directly via direct message, Facebook Messenger, Dan. All the usual messaging streams. Direct message on Twitter. Direct message on Instagram. Uh, direct message on, on the old Facey B. And if you see us in the shops or in the pub or at McDermott, just come and tell us. We might not remember, but we'll give it a good go. Write it down on a napkin. Get there. Thank you. Oh, and also oh, you the, can carry on now, Sam. Thank you. The contact section. Oh, on, yeah, do that. On doggersaints.com. The reason we're changing the format is because uh, a winner from a few weeks back messaged in directly uh, to say that um, I, my mate told me that I won the theme team competition. Here's my address for my mug. Didn't even listen. Didn't even listen. <laughs> he said he'd get around to it. I don't know. We're not naming <laughs> names, but you know who you are. The whole point was to, for people to listen in to see if, uh, to, to listen to the, see if they've won or not. That was the whole point of it. But. What do you think we are? Who is it who makes mugs? Denby. We're not Denby. <laughs> we're, not in the, we're not some mug giving away shenanigans. No. We're just a painter and decorator and our council worker just trying to give St. Johnson fans a wee bit of light entertainment. And you go and ruin it for everybody by not listening to the podcast and letting your friend tell you. And we're not trying to blackmail you into listening now. 
No, that's not what we're doing. It might be what we're doing, but I'm going to say it's not what we're doing. It's a bit of fun. It's all a bit of fun. No, we're, we're joking um, to the, the individual we're talking about. We really appreciate it. He did say he would get around to listening. I know he does listen, so thank you to everybody that takes part every week. But again, DM us next week. We will not be announcing it. That way we know that you're listening. We appreciate it more. Let's move on. Shall we move on to another St. Johnston-based feature? A loose St. Johnston-based feature? Yes. Good. I'm glad. Well, this is an audio podcast. You putting your, your finger on your chin means no reference. <laughs> to be honest with you, Sam, I, I just sort of forgot we were recording. Yeah, we are recording. And they can't see you doing a fake thinking face. But let's move on. It's this one. <laughs> <laughs> It's Giorgio Boyle in the Royal. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Dan. 33 weeks we've been doing this. Laughing. Episode 33. I'm still laughing at the fact that I just forgot we're recording for a minute. I'm writing down for the list. I'm trying to write down my examples. Good. And I sort of lost. I, I can't do two things at once. And you're telling me you've not pre-planned this and had it written out in advance. That's called the shops. Which brings me on to a little special bone. Before we hit the main meat of it, we've got a very special bonus on the wire. Giorgio Boyle. For me, your old dad, Danny Williams. Good. Who? Yeah. Do you want to hear it? I do it. I reached the van, literally bumped into me in Asda. Like, literally bumped into me. Like physical contact? Yeah, I think he might have hit me with his basket, so he's like, oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> he wasn't looking where he was going. And I was like, I've just turned around, just, oh, no worries, mate. And then I was like, hold on, I can recognise you, but I, I didn't want to start I didn't want to start down that path, so I just walked off and got some mushrooms. Good. Good story. Speaking of supermarkets, while we're on the topic, remember... Last week, when Pizzo discussed his meal deal option, he goes to Marks and Spencer's. Yes. Now, I got a message in on Twitter. I won't name the name to, we don't want to give away the grass, but all the message says is I can confirm Pizzo does shop in Tesco. Spotted him in a few weeks in Silverburn Tesco doing his weekly shop, trying to play the fancy game on the MS meal deal. Wow. Doesn't want to lose face in front of his agent friends. That is it. He shops in I'm- Tesco. Well, this will be it. Harry Kane's weird-looking brother doesn't um, shop in Tesco, I don't reckon, so these all don't want to lose face there. Have you seen that guy, Harry Kane's brother? No. Uh, he's an extraordinary character, right? <laughs> he goes about cutting about as an agent. He's got one client, his Harry bro- Kane. His yeah, brother's his, brother. his agent. Yeah, so basically, to give him something to do in life, I think, Harry Kane made him his agent. He has an office space in London. He's basically like a younger version of David Brent. That is amazing. So I see him hangs about in a pinstripe suit. But I want to—I really want to know what he does in this massive office all day. It's also got a motorbike in the corner. I'd imagine his house will be something like, who was the Lotto Lout guy? Is it Mikey Carroll? Michael Carroll had like Michael dirt, Carroll, yeah. dirt tracks in his front garden and stuff and just hung around with like drug dealers and prostitutes and stuff. But that's what he does. They're just talking about in Blackpool a lot. That is genuinely what he did. I think he blew most of his money in Blackpool. <laughs> in Coral Island. Yeah. The actions of a Lotto Lout off to Blackpool. George White on the Royal. Who is this week's? Yeah. It's a belter. I say, what is it this week? I'm just teeing you up. I know what it is. It's, it's a cracker. Who is it sent in by, Dan? This is so good. Right. This is coming from our um, This is coming from our old mate, our second favourite, Joss, Joss Marnock. Second favourite I've had, Joss Butler, the universe, Joss. It's, this is brilliant. This is so good. Right. It's a bit of a long one, so you're going to have to bear with me. So Joss has wrote to us. Back in 2010, Joss was working out in Singapore, as was his dad. They decided to go and watch a pre-season friendly between Burnley and a Singapore under-23 select. So Burnley were on a tour of Asia, and they'd just been relegated from the league, and for some reason had decided to replace going Coyle, who'd gone to Bolton, with Brian Laws. Oh, yeah. That was bad. Terrible. 
they were about they were mid-table when he came in and got relegated comfortably. <laughs> anyway, as I just was saying, you can name players such as Jay Rodriguez, Kevin McDonald, Brian Easton, and future Ross County superstar, Chris Eagles. <laughs> oh, the yeah. Eagles has landed. He played with Ross amongst County. Their ranks. Sorry? I think he played for Ross County eventually. Did you say that? That's Ross what he County. said, yeah. Ah, future right, yeah, yeah. Ross County so, superstar. I, I used to work with Kevin McDonald's sister years ago. Did you? Yeah. He was, he was Dundee, wasn't he? He was Kevin Dundee, McDonald's. yeah. His sister was lovely. I've not seen her in years. I'll ask my mum where she is now. Anyway. Sorry, cool. we'll move on. Anyway, <laughs> the old Ian and himself got a bit tanked up. They said they're missing the days of proper football and got in with a bunch of Burnley fans in the ground for a bit of a sing-song. They got warned to stop singing. There's only one Owen Coyle at one point. Do you know what that reminds me of? Burnley fans singing is the Inbetweeners movie when they're in bus. Movie, yeah. <laughs> and they're in the bus to the hotel. When people ask me, when people ask me if I like football, I say yes, I like football, but not Burnley. Burnley can fuck off. <laughs> the very line. Anyway, sorry, I interrupt. They were told to stop singing. Where were we? <laughs> then there's the best thing about that actually is when they get off the bus and there's a guy with a Blackburn Rovers tattoo in the hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, and they were also warned to stop singing. We hate Dundee by the dad of two Dundee, two boys in Dundee tops and the Dundee flag who would come out to see Kevin McDonald. We're getting to the point here. A much enjoyable 1-0 win for the Lancashire superstars and a rapturous applause from away fans and locals alike. Eagles was the chant from the Singaporeans for the game's only goal scorer at full time. Now, you may be wondering at this point, what the hell has this got to do with St. Johnston? Or the fact it's coming for a St. Johnston fan? We spoke about Chris Eagles. It sounds like a trip, or a, a trip advisor review for a trip to Singapore. Yeah. And to be fair, it's pretty much got me sold on got to Singapore. Oh, yeah. Chrissy, former sort of Manchester United nearly made it kid, Chris Eagles. In fact, it didn't nearly make it. It ended up at County. You've got a former Dundee player in Kevin McDonald. Brian Easton got a mention, to be fair. That's good. He's an ex senior But, cut winner. But it's not, about, it's not about Brian Easton. Just continues. The aforementioned McDonald came up to the front of the stand where we were stood to greet the aforementioned young lads, the Dundee guys, for pics and autographs. And he was accompanied by his Burnley teammate and future Saints Cup winner, Chrissy Willumo. Lovely. <laughs> With the big guy standing around like a spare prick, <laughs> Joss called him over and said, massive fan of yours, big guy, some record you had at Wolves, which he did, to be fair. Oh, yeah. Him and uh, Sylvan E. Blanks, Blake. They were the dream team. Yes. A former youth team teammate of uh, Chris Eagles. Anyway. Remember Spectre? Was it, what was his name? Jonathan Spectre, Jonathan yeah. Spectre, yeah. He looked like a poor schoolboy, yeah. the guy. Yeah. I, think was, um, yeah. I don't think there was any shortage of money in the Spectre family. Anyway. <laughs> said, so Chris Eagles, he was extremely receptive and thanked, you know, and Chris thanks Joss, asking if he'd enjoyed the game. They had some idle chit-chat. <laughs> and then Joss couldn't help himself. And that's how on earth he missed that sitter against Norway only a matter of months before. Oh, God. Quite rightly, just his own words there, Chris was no longer respected. <laughs> his response was as follows. Fuck off. Ooh. And he turned to leave, looked back at, looked back at Joss and was muttering, can he go anywhere? <laughs> oh, oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> Joss goes on to say, for years, couldn't work out whether to feel sorry for him or not. But that night, him and his old man laughed hysterically. Said he always hoped he'd see him about during his spell at Saints to tell him he was a Saints legend to put things right, but the chance never came. Chris, 
if you're listening, I don't shoot. I don't imagine you are, but Joss is very, very sorry. I did message Joss back to say that we have attempted to try get in touch with Chris uh, and we want to try and get him on. He's moving house apparently at the moment, but he will come on, which is great. Can we get so, Joss on as well? Uh, Elliot Mingus, who runs the Admin for Saints Banner page, set that up because apparently they're friends with each other. <laughs> Can he set up a clear air meeting with Joss about uh, that incident do you know what I feel 11 really, years ago? I feel really sorry for him because I think he's finally got over it now. It's, you only remember that if you don't know Chris Elliot's career, which was terrific. And he was in that Scotland squad for a reason. Can happen to yeah, anybody. It was unfortunately not. It's just so he's going to have to carry around with him. It is. He's a professional. Have you, did you ever see his um, any of his podcast stuff? Like his own one? Yeah. Really good stuff. He speaks brilliantly well. Uh, I know he does a lot of stuff for um, View from the Terrace and things like that. So he's he, he speaks marvellously well. We'd love to have him on. And that's a great old boy. Seeing Chris it is a great old boy. There's a simultaneous thing there, feeling a bit sorry for Chris, but also finding that very, very funny. I don't think I have the heart to say that, Tom. I think if we, when we do have to go on, we're going to have to say it's going to be frankly about St. Johnston and just kind of skirt around the issue that we're not going to bring it up. Might talk about Bulls where he scored loads of goals. Yeah. First thing, thanks for coming on, Chris. So, Scotland. No, we wouldn't do that, Tom. The guy's a, a cup winner and we are trying to get all our cup winners on. So, that was a great spot. If you've seen a St. Johnston player, doesn't have to be Singapore. Could be. Could be anywhere. Could be in Hong Kong. Could be the chippy. Could be the country. Is that a country? Hong Kong a country? Yeah. Oh, is it? What the hell is it? Hong Kong. What the hell is Hong Kong? That is a big question. It's a special administrative region of China. Of course it is. There we go. Right, anyway. St. Johnson players, where have you seen them? What have they been doing? I know one man who likes chicken chorizo pies that can give you all the info. Dan. Sam, I've got to tell you, I enjoy a chicken chorizo pie. I enjoy a wide range of foods. You know what I also enjoy? Centre forwards. We saw some goals on Saturday from some centre forwards. We did. Oh, yeah, some chicken and chorizo pies, a culinary treat. So this week, my examples of things you might have seen, Saints you might have seen of centre-forwards and the culinary world. <laughs> and have you seen any of these? I'm aching to know. I'm yearning to know. I've got to know. I need to know. I need to know if you've seen these Saints. And it doesn't have to be along the lines of centre-forwards and foods. It could be anything. It could be defenders and um, automobiles. I don't know. I don't care. I just want to know. I want to know if you've seen them. And if you've seen him, you come and let the boys know. I'll tell you how to in a minute, but I'm going to give you examples. Boom! Here we go. Here we go. It's a three in a row. But if you've ever seen David McMillan, former Saints centre forward, David McMillan, moonlighting away from scoring goals in the Europa League for some reason. <laughs> if you've ever seen him cutting about as the chef du party at the Savoy Grill in London town, I think he's doing that. He trained up at he trained up at UHI during his time in Perth. Then he went down to the Savoy. He went, look at this bitch. You get me as your chef to party. And that's what he's doing. And I think you might have seen it. But, have you seen that? You come and let us know. Another example. Sam. Before I get into that, what does a chef to party do? I don't know, but I've heard of it before. Anyway, just... can we <laughs> Let's we'll move on. Google it in a minute? Anyway, I I, I don't feel that's a sort of sufficient enough example i don't feel one example sufficient enough i need to give you another one i need to give you another example and so if you've ever seen former saint center forward colin samuel good good striker if, you, if you've ever seen colin samuel involved in a blazing ram with notorious tv chef slash arsehole gordon ramsay <laughs> over being charged 31 pounds 50 for a portion of fish and chips He's not taking it well. 
He said, you know, you might have seen them involved in, in a blazing round. Sammy ends it by saying, you never play for Rangers, you fraud. <laughs> and now you're charging me £31.50 for fish and chips. Not on your Nelly, Ramsey. <laughs> so if you've ever seen that, then you come and let the boys know. I've got to tell you, I need to tell you how to let us know. Because you, if you don't know, then how are you going to get all of us? Well, I'll tell you, all the usual social streams. You can let us know. Dog of Saints on Twitter, Dog of Saints on Instagram, Dog of Saints.com, the contact section, and the old facey V. Get off your high school reunion page, which is never going to happen, and you come and speak to the boys. You come and let us know. Boo! Get there! What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Club shop of shame. What's the shop? Shame. <laughs> the weekly highlight of that is finding what people shouldn't be doing on Facebook. This <laughs> is slowly becoming my favorite part of that whole that's feature. Strong, that's become the stronger part of the whole operation. It was good. So, yeah, if you missed all that contact section and all our various guys, just Google Dogger Saints and I'm pretty sure they'll all come up. So, Club Shop of Shame. If you're a new listener, you might want to know what the Club Shop of Shame is. Have you ever been on a football team's website looking for a. Um, yes. Sorry, before we go any further, Chef de Partie or station chef or line cook, is a chef in charge of a particular area of production in a restaurant. In large kitchens, each chef de partie might have several cooks or assistants. In most kitchens, however, the chef de partie is the only worker in that department. Chef do party all the time. Party all the time. Party all the time. Nice. Club shop of shame. (laughs) (laughs) The utter tat that football clubs sell throughout the world. We have had... The Liverpool cuckoo clock. We've also had the Liverpool bomber jacket costing just shy of £500. Outrageous. We've had the Everton USB plug, Crew Alexandra breakfast board. These are all just modern efforts. The West Ham foam hands. A lot of rubbish and this week is no different. Oh, Sam, I've got some steaming, steaming merchandise for you this week. (laughs) Over to you, Daniel. What is going to be up for grabs in the club shop of shame this week. Sam, I'm bald. <laughs> you are. You weren't. I weren't. I wasn't always bald. But I'm bald. You're not. I've got a very good head of hair, to be fair. Yeah. So, if you're not bald, and you want to style your hair, you want to coiffer it, and you've just got out of the shower or bath, you might want to use a hairdryer. Oh, you would. You would want to use a hairdryer. You're absolutely right. Well, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's just an unruly mess. Oh, unruly. You might also, for some inexplicable reason, support Manchester United. Who would do a thing like that? Well, a moron. Anyway. <laughs> now, I'm putting two and two together here, Dan. Man United and a hairdryer. Sure, surely not. Sam, you've put two and two together and you've come up with a big old four. What we have got today for you listeners, <laughs> we have got the Manchester United Remington hairdryer. Wow. This must be really hard for you being a former Man United season ticket holder and obviously a supporter of the Reds. You are willing to take one of your own club's products and stick it in the club shop of shame. I'd say there's a a unique joy in sticking the boot into your own club. (laughs) There is sometimes. Grateful. Sometimes, yeah. Particularly when they produce stuff like this. Now, before I actually start really getting into the bones of this, this isn't just an isolated thing. United have obviously done some sort of thing with Remington to produce... (laughs) to produce electronic styling paraphernalia. <laughs> so you, there's, you know, that like one blade razor you get. Yeah. Yeah. There's one of them. 
there's an old sort of freehead rotary shaver. Because I am bald, there's a set of clippers on there. Handy. Yeah. Um, straightness. And also a, a styling one, which is uh, the woman folk sort of <laughs> curl the hair. Yes. So there's one of them, and that's almost gone. Wow. And what makes but, a man united? Well, that's what we're going to go. We've got to concentrate today on the hairdryer. A, Remington have missed a trick by with the hairdryer of not putting a picture of Alex Ferguson on there or something. Brilliant. Yeah. They have missed a trick. But we'll, move on, we'll move on from that. So what... What makes it Manchester United? Literally the fact, well, it's red and black and just has a United badge on it. Lazy. That is so lazy. Now, I'm going to go through the description for you. Sam, give your hair the treatment it deserves with this MUFC Remington dryer, including a range of features for exceptional performance. This is a must-have for United fans who always want to look their best. (laughs) You're a United fan. Is that a must-have for you? Well, no, because I'm bald. We've already covered this, <laughs> so I, I might as well—I I might as well buy the Queen's Park chip bomb. <laughs> so that's your description. It doesn't really say what the range of features is, but I do start to question because I did once have hair, and I also grew up with three sisters. So I do sort of question how many features a hair dry can have. I generally just thought it was setting one, setting two, on and off. So sort a of low power, high power, high heat. Lighty. I thought that was the general thing about it. To be fair, that is a range of features. They're, they're certainly not lying there. No, no on a technicality, they've got away with it. They have also done an extensive list of details, including the fact it's got 2,400 watt performance with 90, 90 kilometer an hour airspeed. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, Man United. No, no, and I just can't help but feel that they've become a parody of themselves here. They're a, they're a football team. Do shirts, do balls, do curtains and bed sets for kids. Do not give us power details of a hairdryer. Oh, I used to have a Ryan Giggs bed set. That was that was an unfortunate happening in hindsight. I used to have a picture of Ryan Giggs on the inside of my uh, wardrobe door. Uh, it was taken at smash hits, and he was topless. <laughs> <laughs> at least mine, he was in the nine. At least on mine, he was in the nineteen ninety four awakening. No, no, he didn't have a top on. He had a pair of jeans on. Wow. In hindsight, not a good look. No, no, not a good look for him in hindsight. We move on from that. Cretin. Maybe, maybe an altogether nicer former red. Could you? Maybe, maybe this is the legacy of David Beckham. He was a man of style. He continues to be so. Oh yeah, very stylish guy. But a hairdryer, a Man United hairdryer by Remington. What's the price? Right. So as I say, I grew up with three sisters. So I happen to know actually, if this is as high quality as an affair as it makes out, and it does really and truly deliver ninety kilometer an hour airspeed. <laughs> Amongst the and amongst a number of other features, it's fifty quid. I, I don't know. What I, I don't. I don't know enough about hair dryers. But I know somebody that does. Lynn, come join us. How you doing? You okay? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. So we're we're reviewing uh, the Man United Remington hair dryer here, and it offers whole lots of features, including airspeed of ninety kilometers an hour, airspeed, low noise. That's good airspeed. Good airspeed indeed. Um, it's fifty quid. Is that decent for a hair dryer? We have no idea. Well, it looks like a normal hairdryer, and obviously they've got a bit of red on there because it's Man U. But to be honest, it's not your top-of-the-range hairdryer. It's probably one that you could just get out of Argos or, like, Tesco or that. 50 quid may be a bit expensive for that. It does also say turbo boost for powerful, fast drying. Like, that's a feature that any hairdryer doesn't have. All hairdryers have different turbo boosts. It's turbo-boosted, Lynn. <laughs> 
turbo. turbo boost for fast drying. You'd expect it to dry your hair fast because it's a hair dryer. So, yeah, 50 quid's a wee bit expensive. So is, is that, would you be buying that if you're a Man United fan? Because apparently it's a must-have. No, I would, not, I would not buy it. Who the hell's wanting a Man United hair dryer? How embarrassing. It's a must-have for all United fans who always want to look their best. Imagine going out with the girls on a night out and being in a hotel and pulling that thing out. Just going to dry my hair. Dry like, it. what the fuck is that? Yeah, very true. Right, so should this go into the club shop of shame? Yeah, shocking. There we go. Thank you very much. You're welcome. What about the styling wand, Lynn? 30 quid. Styling wand, 30 quid. Oh, well, what, let me see it. A styling <laughs> wand. Oh, my God. Basically, tongs. 30, 30 quid, to be fair, is actually okay for a styling wand. But it depends on how good it is that you get all different ones and it just looks like a bog standard set of tongs. Ready to use in 30 seconds. Heat resistant glove. It comes with a luxury storage pouch. <laughs> to, to be fair, 30 quid's actually all right for a styling wand. But again, it just looks terrible with a red on it. It's embarrassing. Thank you very much. <laughs> So it's confirmed. So Lynn, Lynn's, Lynn's not a fan. Lynn is not a fan. The hairdryer is going in the club shop of shame. The, the, the curling wand is not. Seems good value. 50 quid excessive for a box standard hairdryer. Going in the club shop of shame, Dan? Yes. Get it in there. Lock the door and throw away the key. <laughs> but if you've ever seen something on a football team's website you think is worthy of going into the club shop of shame, let us know. We've had St. Johnson items in there. We've had Man United now, Liverpool, Everton, Crew Alexandra. We've had it all. Rangers. Have we had Rangers and Celtic? We must have. Yeah. Rangers was a very early one. I think it was a chocolate bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a Rangers chocolate bar. You're absolutely and right. Celtic, we had the, we had the racist Kyogo badge. <laughs> that was just last week. That was last week. But if you've seen anything, but you need more examples of what to look out for, my good friend Danny Williams is going to help you out here. Over to you, Danny. Sam, listeners, as you may have seen on the news, it's party conference season, and they always look like fun, don't they? Oh, what a hoot and indeed a holler. Yeah, I did go to one with college once. Wow. Um, and just went about at the Winter Gardens in Blackpool and just came out with bags of sort of swag that nobody needs. Oh, I'm seeing the party conferences on the news. And you know what? People look at the keynote speeches from the party leaders, but I don't think that's where the action is. you got to look at the, the money man or woman in the party. So the Chancellor, the Shadow Chancellor, you know, the Treasury spokesman for each party. That's where you find out what's really going down. And I'm thinking, how can we connect, get it together, the sort of financial direction of the country with the non-stop carnival that is Scottish football? <laughs> and now you might be thinking to yourself, so you might be thinking, well, the Brown family, they've always seemed pretty. They've always had a certain way financially of running a football club. I think maybe they might be able to offer some direction. But no, I can think of I can think of football club more responsible than Saints when it comes to money. I can think of a couple, actually. So what I'm going to go with, the future direction of this country financially, I think there's only one book you turn to, and that is the Gretna FC Guide to Financial Responsibility. <laughs> Forward by David Murray. He's got it all in there. That is what they got. You've got to look. You've got to take tips from that. Did, did it all crash and burn hilariously? Yes. Did they live the dream? Yes. Is that a decent way of running the country? I'm beginning to think so. So that's what I want to know. And have you seen this? If you've seen this modern-day John Maynard Keynes, then you let me know. You let us know. 
I got to know, I need to know, because I need to get the house in order financially. And I think those wacky cats at Gretna are just the guiding lights we need. So if you've seen this, you let us know. All the usual social streams, Doggy Saints on Instagram, Doggy Saints on Twitter, Doggy Saints on com, the contact section, and the old Facey, Facey B. And you know what you can be doing on Facey B, Sam. You know exactly what it is. You can be looking at a mate of yours, the same age you went to school with. This kid, this clown used to eat crayons at his desk. He's now, he's now married and he's got three kids. And you're sat here in your pants eating, eating Aldi's own brand Doritos by the night. <laughs> And you're thinking, how the hell did this happen? <laughs> so you ignore all that and you come, you get in touch with the boys. Gretna FC Guide to Fiscal Responsibility, forward by David Murray. Woo! Get there! Hello! It's me, Mrs. Dykefire. And when I'm not cleaning the houses or making the tea... I'm listening to the Dogger Saints podcast with Sam and Danny. Coming, sis. Let's talk about Saints. Why not? That's what we're here for. Apparently, there was some coming. There were some comings and goings. Well, there weren't really any comings, but there was goings uh, as three St. Johnson players went out on loan this week, which is good news. Good game time for them. And did you see Montrose's uh, announcement that Cami Ballantyne was going back to them? Excellent. Yeah, their social media guy. He 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 kends it. He loves the wrestling, the boy. Oh, he 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 enjoys the wrestling. He does indeed. Good move for him. A club he knows a lot about. Played lots of football with them. Should be pretty familiar surroundings for the guy. Yeah, great move actually. Um, I say he's familiar. Be familiar with most of his teammates, including the other Cami Valentine. Oh yeah, um, that, that gets confusing, eh? Oh, I guess well confusing. But yeah, he's um. No, a really good move for the kid. He's obviously got something about him. I thought we'd actually see a little bit more of him, but obviously with Crawford coming in and McPherson coming in, yeah, he'd have been limited. He's better off going out on loan. He's not too far away from, from home either. No, I think it's a, a good move I think all so. Around. As you say, with Crawford coming in, he's kind of made that midfield place his own, so his uh, first-team opportunities may be limited. Charlie Gilmore is another player that's gone. He's gone off to Aloha. He needs a game time, a good move for him. Hopefully he can get up to speed pretty quickly. The exact same boat, really, in terms of his route into, into the first team at Saints is congested at the minute. Yeah, I, there's obviously a player in Charlie Gilmore. He came on against Hibs at Easter Road, and I thought he did pretty well. I thought he looked pretty tidy. And But, yeah, I think he just needs games. And, obviously, we've said it before with, with Charlie. He's obviously had his injury issues. and it's hindered what looked like a very promising career and still very much could be still certainly young enough. So yeah, a good move. Hopefully he gets plenty of game time down there under Alloway. It's a bit of a funny place to be at the minute. I think Barry Ferguson just picking fights with fans left, right and center, but <laughs> Hey, ho, he's yeah. And he got some, he made his debut on Saturday. Yeah. And hopefully he just, he just kicks on gets, I think it's just a case with him. There's a player there. He wouldn't have been at Arsenal if he was rubbish. He wouldn't have been at Norwich if he was rubbish, to be perfectly honest with you. So he just needs to get miles in the legs, I think. Indeed, nobody have signed a two-year deal off the back of not really playing as well if there wasn't something there as well. So I'm sure he'll come back as many a St. Johnson player who has done gone off on loan. Jason Kerr, off on loan. Liam Gordon, off on loan. Stevie May, 
Chris Kane, Xander Clark, all these youngsters that are cut winners all went off on loan. We spoke about it before, and Saints do really seem to have a a good system in place for it in terms of making sure they're looked after, someone from Saints going and checking up on them regularly, seeing how they're getting on, checking the progress. So it's a a great system that Saints have utilised sort of both ways, really, and are continuing to do so this season. And as you say, invariably, a lot of these guys come back a lot stronger. They do. Um, The third loan... Slightly different kind of take on it is Callum Henry going off to Tommy Wright's Kilmarnock. Slightly different feel to that one. Yeah, there is. And we all know there's a player there. We all know there's goals there. We saw it in 2019-20 and actually a little bit the season before that. I think, again, I think on the face of it, it's a great move for him because he's going to meet up with Tommy who obviously had a really good time under at Saints. He's dropped down a level because Kilmarnock got relegated. Lol. And he got off to a goal scoring. I know they lost on Saturday, but he, he got on the score sheet, he got on back in the game. And well, unfortunately for them, they couldn't press on from there. But yeah, it's just, you do wonder. You do wonder whether we'll see him back in a Saints shirt. It's not worked out for him under Callum. I don't think the system suits him. And it is a shame because. He actually started off under Callum as first choice centre forward, mm-hmm. which people do seem to forget. And then by the time he went to Aberdeen last January, he slipped down to fourth choice. I said, the minute, Chris Kane's first choice, Stevie Mays looks like he's coming back into some sort of form and maybe a bit more prominence within the squad. And then you've got obviously Vertain in there as well, who will come into, I'm sure, will come into it at some point. You'll have to. Oh, you'll have to. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, on the face of it, it is just another lad who needs games. He probably was. He found his pathway into the Saints first team blocked. More fluid. Oh, sorry, Shelley. Just chipping in there with her two cents there. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the button by mistake there. But thanks, well, thanks Shelley. Well, More fluid. Well, That's not? what we need. Yeah, he, need, he needs that. But he's, yeah, he's going to be, I think it's just going to be a case of at the end of the season, we'll see what happens with him. Might be the last time we see him in a Saints shirt. Might not be. I, I, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows, but. No, best of luck to him because I do think he's a good player. I think he's a great player, Callum Henry. I really, I really rate him. He's a really top guy as well. He gets on with everybody in the team. Everybody who spoke to rates Cal as a as a player. Um, even Callum Davidson does as well. So he's he's came out and said, yeah. but he just needs goals and confidence. It's a shame his contract's run out. But if we can offer him a new deal, he's, he bags fifteen goals a season. Maybe the, the the formation. If we're starting with two up front from now on, maybe this new formation would suit him. Yeah, I think the set the smart thing would be to look at how he's doing sort of halfway through the season at Kelly. Obviously, keep him there all season, but in terms of a new deal, because if it is looking like, if you say, like you say, he goes out between now and January, February, goes out and scores 10, 15 goals. Probably a bit foolish to let that go. And you do just wonder, I do always ask, that's Phil, sorry for the lad, because he was obviously sort of, as you say, everyone speaks so highly of him. He's a, he's a really good guy. and But you just wonder, because he did go out on loan to Aberdeen, which he needed to do. He needed to go last season. He needs to go and get some games under his belt, which he did at Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. But you just wonder how much he maybe frustrating it was for him, miss, you know, watching everyone have all the fun and he's missing out and having been sort of a really key part of the group. But until maybe a little bit more time away once this sort of, because football does move on pretty quick and pretty soon last season will become, it won't, be, it won't become distant memory for everyone, but it will probably stop being as sort of talked about and as relevant 
as it is at the minute. I think it's just a case of waiting to see. Good luck to the boys. Good luck to all three guys out on loan and hopefully we'll have you back sooner rather than later. There's no game to review this week. International break. We're, we're going. We are going. 9.14 train. Well, I'm actually in Falkirk on the Friday night, so I will see you at Glasgow Queen Street about 10 past 10. Are you going straight through from there? Going straight through from there. 20 minutes from Falkirk High. Job done. Ah, job done. But yeah, another... That was a funny one. I thought that was... I don't want to dwell on it because I think enough was said, but... I thought that was harsh leaving Xander out of the squad. We've not touched on this yet, um, especially oh. looking at the the Hearts Motherwell highlights from the weekend where Liam Kelly kind of didn't cover himself in too much glory. Xander Clark again, not really putting a foot wrong. Very harsh, very harsh. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to get into a debate about sort of goalkeepers that aren't going to play because Gordon's going to be number one again, and rightly so. Actually, funnily enough, I was talking to a couple of mates of mine, one a Motherwell fan, one a Rangers fan. And obviously McLaughlin, Rangers goalkeepers in the squad, Kelly, the Motherwell goalkeepers in the squad, and Xander's the one who's missed out. And strangely enough, the three of us all thought our guy should be in there. Yeah. That's how that goes. But I'd imagine he'll be annoyed, but he won't let it show him. Won't, he won't let it affect him. He won't be looking for a move away from the club or anything off the back of that. He'll do what he does, which he's done for years, is knuckle down and keep on putting in absolutely tip-top performances. He'll be dis- yeah, he'll be disappointed. And I hope he was given a... I hope Steve Clark did give him an explanation. I'm sure he will have done. But, yeah, it just seems strange to me. Not, as I say, in the grand scheme of things, it, it depends who... It was a case of him sitting on the bench behind Craig Gordon. But I think he'd probably feel right if he felt hard done by. And now the seven league games we've played, he's conceded, what, six? Two of them were penalties. So four yeah. four from open play in seven games. That's good form. It is, and he's put in some big performances, and not just in the league. And he's put in some big saves, and he's just got to keep improving. It's saying he is improving. There's no two ways about it. Tell, here's a, we'll finish on a positive. We've got Livy when we return. Two weeks, them Ammon View podcast boys. Hopefully, we'll be coming up to Perth and giving the right good shoeing because Livy are terrible. Oh, they're not doing well. I like how the one game they have won was against Celtic. Yeah, pretty unpredictable. I was at home. They're terrible on the road. So, uh, we could be another managerial nail in the coffin. Davy Martindale could have been McPake this week, to be fair. Could have been. Definitely could have been. I think for some reason, I just think Dundee will stick with him. Whereas Martindale, I think, seen a bit from Livy fans on social media and all that. and I think patience is wearing... Well, patience is wearing very thin with Dundee fans with paint. But, yeah, I don't think... I don't think patience is in bountiful supply with Martindale at the minute. I think they've won two games out of 20 in the league or something. It's, it's honking form, but we will talk more about that in our next episode, which there's a lot happening in it, Dan. Let's go straight to it. Episode 34 is going to be a biggie. There's no game, so we're going to have a, a retro week. All your favourite old features. They're all coming back. We're bringing them back. Same stories. Dog is on tour. Um, you've got no fans. Then sort one. You've got, <laughs> you've got no fans. Wholesome content corner. All of them. They're all coming back for a one-off extravaganza. And what an extravaganza it's going to be. Um, all the, In the words of the late, great Norm MacDonald, all the stars are here. And Beardy man. Indeed. We might even include this feature, which is a new one, to be fair. It's our notice board. And the notice board this week is jam-packed. We'll go to our Dogger Saints sponsored event, which is actually happening this Saturday, which is Kirsten Roper. You may have seen on Twitter that she's actually having a silent auction for events. This is to raise money for the UK Sepsis Trust. She's having our quiz night at the Myths and Legends. So if you want to bid on any of our items, go to at 
Roper Kirsten on Twitter. She's got a signed print, well, make mine a double uh, signed print, signed by Sean Rooney. She's also got a pair of Alan Manis signed goalie gloves and a Blair Olsen signed top. Go to at Roper Kirsten and bid on one of them and you could be the proud owner. What more could you want in life? And also there's a uh, part of our raffle. There's also going to be a Dogger Saints goodie bag. It's going to have mugs. It's going to have a hoodie. It's going to have t-shirt and it's going to have a candle set. Poof. And a badge. Oh, finally getting rid of the candle sets. Anyway. <laughs> 18, 18 boxes of candles for the raffle. What a treat. No, we're very, very proud of it. We're actually uh, very disappointed we're not going to be there, but we had prior, um, we had a prior engagement as we discovered. And there's no danger we could turn up to something like that. But something I think everybody should turn up to is... We've been on the sent in by Neil Morrison, longtime listener, great fan of the show, and we really appreciate this one. You sent in an email saying, I wonder if you could publicize the upcoming Parkinson's annual research conference, Parkon 2021. The conference is aimed at people affected by Parkinson's disease, like Neil himself, either with the disease or friends or family for those with the condition. The conference is being held online this year on the 19th, 20th, and 21st of October. And we will post a link to the event on our Twitter to get involved with that. So we really appreciate uh, Neil getting in touch and letting us know about that one. Yeah, absolutely. Not a lot more I can add there, Sam, but certainly a very worthwhile event. And thanks to Neil for getting in touch with us and letting us help to promote that in any, any small way we can. Yeah, indeed, bringing it to the front, there, people might know about it. I know with Parkinson's, 145,000 people are affected by Parkinson's in the UK, so a lot of people will know somebody affected by it. So it's a great worthwhile cause. Neil, thanks for getting in touch with that one. And finally, Katie Mitchell has been in touch again. She's from Horse Cross. It rings a bell, Dan. Oh, it's ringing a number of bells. Indeed it does. She is running the Team Talk sessions, which include us. The Ormond boys, the Scottish Cup winners, Jay Greenshaw and Aileen Campbell, Ellie Barber, they're all going down to the Perth Theatre to talk about Saints with host Stuart Cosgrove. And we've only gone and blooming got Katie on to talk about it more now. How are you doing, Katie? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, really exciting to be here. <laughs> Not a problem. The first question we want to ask is, is the only reason you invited us to take part in this so that we can promote you on the podcast? You can be honest now. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like a local celebrity right now. I'm not going to lie. Um, it's been my dream to be on a podcast. You know, which, the funniest thing is like, is I, I work in theatre and I'm a, kind of a theatrical person, but I absolutely hate doing things like this. <laughs> Millie, can I interject? Yes. Because I've got, well, I've got a point and a question here. Go for it. Um. The first point I'm going to make, Katie, I, I hate to embarrass you, but I, leave it, I believe it's pronounced theatre. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, Secondly, so right. it's okay, it's okay, it's an easy <laughs> mistake to make. Secondly, you told. I mean, the big question, and I think everyone wants to know this, is what on earth was anyone at the theatre thinking, inviting us to along? <laughs> well, the, the boss of the theatre would actually suggested you guys to come along um so you can blame her her name's blue she's great um but yeah no she was like oh well someone actually in the office they were like have you heard about dogger saints and i was like no and this was obviously ages ago um and then lou was like oh my god get them on how do we get involved with them that sounds great and i was like okay cool um, you do so, not know what yeah. you're letting yourself in for. I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm not going to lie. I'm fully expecting to see, uh, like, Teal Magenta suit. Oh, we are going, we are so going full showbiz. <laughs> full showbiz. Oh, good. I'm glad. 
We can get the confetti cannons, pyrotechnics out. We want, we want can-can girls. We want walk-on yep. people. We want, the, we want the full shebang. We want. Can, it, can, can I have a mambo band? A mambo band. I want a samba band, and I want carried on <laughs> on uh, the shoulders of two hunky men. That's the dream. Like uh, a but if anybody's that is it, I might even just wear that, just a yeah. big green leaf. I might just come on yeah. wearing that. And you can wear a purple leaf that would tick the teal magenta boxes. There you go. Sorted. This is spiraled out of all control. <laughs> it has. See, as you know, this is this is what this podcast is literally all about. We, you come on and talk about one thing yeah. and we talk about our stresses, Sunita, from the X Factor. So um did you organize the team talk sessions during lockdown last year? Yeah, I did. Um, and I was essentially like Stuart Cosgrove. So <laughs> as in, he's going to be hosting the Team Talk Lives in the theatres, but on Zoom, I was kind of the person hosting them on Zoom. But um, yeah, last time was, was super uh, exciting and it was really lovely to hear from everybody. And I think, it, I mean, as well as this time, we had such a range of different people that came um, so I think Marty McCormick, who's the playwright who's writing um, the St. Johnson play, um, he's just really keen to hear from loads of different uh, people and loads of different backgrounds. And that also includes fans as well. Like that's his main uh, motivation for writing this play is to get the fans emotions and stories and memories across so um yeah the last ones went really well and gave us loads of food for thought so i'm really excited to be in the building this time and actually get to meet people face to face rather than being on zoom exactly oh yeah there's i think we've had our fellow zoom i have to see danny every sunday on zoom to record the podcast so um nobody wants that but to be in the theater will be an absolute did i I say that right it was very good pronunciation that summer uh, I think you did well, mate. Thank you very much. I think I forgot again. That's that's okay. We can edit it. It's all right. This yeah, is all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Katie, this runs between the 25th of October and the 17th of November. And you've got Ailey Barber, Aileen Campbell and Jane Great Shields, Alistair Blair, us, and uh, the two three guys from the 2014 Scottish Cup winning team, friends of the show, Stephen Anderson, Chris Miller and Fraser Wright. That'll be it. What a great set of guests you've got. Yeah, and we've got the Ormond boys as well. Of Don't course, I beg your pardon. There they kick off proceedings. Yeah. Yep, uh, John Conley, Henry Holland, Gordon Whitelaw. Tickets are selling really, really well, which we're super pleased about. Um, but I mean, we've got we're in quite an intimate venue where there's about two hundred seats, and um, so there's still obviously some tickets available. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think it's really nice that we never had any clears last time, so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to be able to hear from uh, yeah, like ex-players and what it meant. And there's a bit of debate around who's the better team. Is it the Ormond boys back in the day or is it the current team or is it the 2014 team? So yeah, it'll be nice to hear from them, those guys as well. And obviously you, we've never had a podcast on before. I think uh, we've got an array of stories and tales to tell. And I'm really excited and the whole the whole team are really excited about it too. And hopefully these uh, talks and everything that's talked about will um, kind of come together to create a play that, that Martin will write, um, which we hope to put on in the summer of 2022. And you can be in it as well. 
so there's like a community cast we'd like um to have it we're i've kind of been saying do you remember like um fans that cheer and shout on soccer am i don't i don't think it'll be as rowdy as that because we're in the theater <laughs> indeed, of course indeed um but uh i think you'll get a chance to perform in the, the play as well um wow. if people are up for that so yeah <laughs> I'm, cool. al- I'm already sold. If you want to come along to any of these events, what's the premise? So Stuart's on stage, speaking away to us, the guests, speaking about yep. obviously what are connections to St. Johnson and just stories and the like, I presume. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, I mean, last time when we did it on Zoom, they kind of had uh, themes that they went off of, okay. uh, which was like Colin McCready and Alan McCready uh, did a really good one um, about like saints and glorious defeats. So like how all the terrible horrific defeats like Hamilton Ackes. I can't remember when that was like 2008 yeah it's six or seven yeah yeah Uh, so like stories like that but then obviously how that fed into like a a great success story that we have today which is great um so I, I don't think it'll be so much themes this time but just kind of like what being a Saints fan means to you um and Stuart will kind of interview each guest. And I think for Aileen and Jade, we'll kind of go a bit more down women's football route, which is really nice. And mm-hmm. we've we've asked um, like local girls football teams to come along because we really want to kind of encourage that story as well. Um, and like Eve Muirhead last um, Zoom was amazing. Like her story of growing up as a Saints fan and how she was so inspired by sport and you know she's like an olympic athlete yeah she's incredible yeah yeah and she's a st johnston fan which is even cooler there's loads of Uh, them now there's loads of celebrity saints fans out of nowhere they're like we had one which was Stuart cosgrove but now every man and their dog is we're just a trendy team to support these days aren't we you are definitely i know um so yeah so i mean like Stuart and whoever it is that's doing them will totally uh, ch- chat about the night and run the night but then we'll have a an interval where you can get a murray's pie which is <laughs> great and delicious um, <laughs> sorry had to hit the button um, Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, my my dad, he's a massive Saints fan, and he was like, you know what you should be doing? You should be getting a Murray's pie <laughs> for half time. And I was like, okay. So it's kind of in dedication to my dad that we've done it. What a man. Um, what a man. I know. Man after my own heart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then after the interval, we will do a short kind of Q&A uh, with the audience, which uh, will be interesting. We've had some really cool questions and stuff. And then that's also a time that people can share memories and things like that. So good luck with that when it comes Yeah, uh, my friends have already told me I'm going to be absolutely heckled within an inch of my life. I'll text actually Jade because we're going, <laughs> going to come along to that evening and oh, um, great. and I've said to her that I'm just going to send her just her abuse at her for signing for Partick Thistle. That's what I'm going to do for Oh her. yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. She was like, can I still come along? And I was like, yeah, of course. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it'll, it'll be good. It'll be really good. Uh, and like one thing that people were saying on Zoom last time is that they were like, we really need the Callum Davidson um, belly slide. I think that's how we should come out on stage, Dan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm you should. Yeah. <laughs> Just tops off, Everyone... taps off right across the floor. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like the technical team will absolutely hate me, but it's cool. We'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. But they will thoroughly enjoy the Dogger Saints pub crawl after the event, which everybody yes. is invited to. Woohoo! 
But it's going to be great, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah. So you go to horsecross.co.uk, is that correct? Yes, and there's a wee tab at the top that says Sainties on Stage, and you can click on that and uh, see everything about the project, or you can just go to What's On and specifically search for you guys. You want to come along. So, yeah, I'm excited to meet everybody and, and hear all their stories. Uh, so our theme, yeah. Dan, we've decided it's going to be football's biggest frauds. <laughs> One of our, our points is the same night we're on is also Girls' Night In. Or is it Girls' Night Out? Same night in the theatre? Yeah, Girls' Night Out. Yeah, I mean, let's... I mean, they could join us. I feel like they, they'd be totally up for a pub crawl. I think I think uh, we should get them involved. Yeah, just kind of lead them in. If, if, if we're not a sellout, we'll just, we'll just kind of lure them into, into our suite. I say, yeah, I say that as in, as in the room, not like a hotel suite. Let's get away from that. Hey, Lord, away. Millie, you couldn't have phrased that any worse, fella. Wow. That's, that's, wow. Not ma- that's not making the final cut either. No. No, he's not. Right. Yeah, this is why we pre-record it every week, Katie, because we've got about four yeah. hours. This is why we've got about four hours of chat, which we narrowed down to about an hour and a half because a lot of it, I kind of put my foot into it with stuff that would probably get me in a lot of bother. <laughs> I enjoy it. It's good fun. Good. Good. Well, we're really looking forward to, to doing it. Uh, meet you, Katie, and obviously everybody down there involved. Go on. Mm-hmm. Support the theatre. Support us. Support all the other guests that are taking time out. It will be a great, great event. And we really look yeah. forward to it, Katie. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. And we will see you on the 12th of November. See you then. Thanks, Katie. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Okay, oh, is lovely, isn't she? I'm delighted to do this for her. And what an event. She's, oh, she's passionate about St. Johnson, which is great. Absolutely. Passionate about St. Johnson, passionate about the, the theatre. <laughs> we are sort of self-deprecating with this whole thing because, and rather so, because we still consider ourselves to be football's biggest frauds. But, yeah, we're so excited about doing this. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Thank you to everybody so far that's got their tickets. Um, they, we've had a couple of messages to say thanks. Um, we'll be we'll see you that night. And we're also hosting, obviously, the Dogger Saints pub crawl after the event. Unofficial, but that'll be good fun. Yeah, I don't know what I'm looking forward to more. Definitely like, the theatre thing. Definitely oh, the theatre thing. I've got my outfit sorted for it. Have you? Well, you've seen my T-shirt that I'm going to be wearing. <laughs> Did you actually order it? Not yet. I've just got the mock-up done. And I sent it to a couple of the boys and they went, how can I get one? It's possibly the finest bit of Dogger Saints merchandise I've ever produced. Hey, I can't even argue with it. It's pretty special, eh? Will I, give, will I give the listeners a wee clue? I think you better had. You need length, you need width, and you need depth. A Shelley Care inspired outfit for the big event. Shall I get the Ace of Harry at one? I think so. I think we should just go with it and just look like a pair of bandans. But yeah, thanks to everybody coming. Like I said, obviously, as Katie said there, we can still get tickets. So we really, really appreciate you coming and we will literally sit and thank every single person that comes in. Right. The initial aim of this was to actually just get anyone to turn up. Yeah. Or that we weren't performing to an empty fit, which was actually a worry for us. And I want to sell out. I think we're doing pretty well. I think we are doing pretty well by all accounts, which is great news. But go to them all. That's we're great. going to go to as many as we can. I would like to go to them all, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I'm a bit good. I'm going to be missing out on. Um, I'm going to be missing out on the Almond Boys because I'll be. Um, I'm actually down south. I'm going, it's my mum's birthday that weekend, so I don't. I don't see it often. <laughs> he stays either, so I'll put the effort in for that. But no, there's plenty of it. I'm, re- I'm, I'm looking forward to the one with um, Aileen Campbell and Jade. I think that'll be a very good one. I invited Jade to fives this week. Can you imagine? We'd get. Doesn't at- need, she doesn't need to lower herself to that to our standards. Jesus. 
But no, she's actually been replacing me because I can't make it this week. What a sub that would have been. Oh, I know. Um, she's got a knee injury at the moment, so but she said she'll play at no. some point. No, I'm definitely interested in going to that. Maca and Midgey Mill. It, oh, no, it's not Midgey, is it? Yeah, it's Midgey, Fraser Wright. Midgey, Ando and Fraser Wright. Yeah, that'd be cracker. Oh, that'll be, well, I've interviewed, we've interviewed all three of them, so we know how good that'll be. Do you think they'll be having a, a pub crawl afterwards, though? No. I don't know, actually. <laughs> can, <laughs> I, I, said, I said no awful quick with that. Can rule it out, but we can guarantee one, though. Oh, yeah. Chaos. But we've come to the end of an episode 33. I don't know how we've done it. I didn't think we'd get to three. No, but we did. And then 30 more. So we are got to keep this train rolling. And we need you guys as our passengers on the Dogger Saints Express. Ding, ding. Tickets, please. So we will be back next week. And at time of recording, we've seen that Liam Gordon has signed a new three-year deal with the club, which is great news. We'll talk about that at length next week. But as always, we have to talk about our show sponsor this week, who was probably very busy last night dealing with Facebook inquiries. That's who they should have gone to Facebook, I reckon. They should have gone to Flonix. They'd have had it stored. They'd have had it dubbed. There'd have been no sort of messages coming through in the middle of the night if Dan and the gang were on the case. They'd have had it done. Five minutes. Marquee boy. Don't worry, lad. It's, it's cool. We're here now. Because <laughs> as you know, well, maybe Facebook don't know, but Flonix offers flexible IT support, professional IT project delivery, and expert IT advice. Everything the fine people at Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp could have been doing with over six hours last night. Yeah, but they didn't, and that is um, that's an oversight on their part. It is indeed. That's where they've went wrong, because they would have had that sorted. But but check them out. They might have something that, that could be of use to you. So, And in typical fashion, at the end of the show, Dan, sing us out with a song, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. So I've got to sing a song in honor of our old pals at Phonics. F-L-O, <laughs> N-I-X. If you can't spell it, Guidi will instead. It's Flonix and they do IT solutions that I think are nice. So if your IT needs a man, then Flonix are your friends and they support the doggers with pride. Get it right up, you Zuckerberg. I love you all, listeners. We'll see you next week. Bye. More fluid. 